Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian C., and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the RPG Show. Uh, I'm your host Nick, and today I'm joined by uh, the usual awesome guy Kevin and a fan of the show. I guess I could say uh, Kyle. How are y'all doing today? Doing well, doing well. Nice to be on. Doing fantastic. Finally ready to talk about this game. Yeah. I wonder whose fault it is that we're not recording this. Except for like three months later, as <laughs> as usual, huh? I can't blame Travis this time, but <laughs> um, yeah. So today's episode is going to be about triangle strategy, which uh, obviously you would have seen from the title of the show. Uh, I think this was, this was kind of like a, a hyped up game, at least for me, because I was excited to play it because I like uh, tactics games. And I liked the look of Octopath Traveler. This was kind of marrying that. And uh, well, I'll get into it, but I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. I was more like meh about it. I wasn't like disappointed, but I just felt like the story stuff doesn't hook you. Like I thought, it, like I think the same thing I felt about Octopath was like, I don't know if it's just the, the, the producer or the writer of this, these, like these two games or what, but their stories just don't feel it's like some kind of missing connections that other stories like there's no emotional like I'm not emotionally invested you know I just I couldn't get I couldn't get to that point well uh, yeah we kind of talked about it pre-show and it's it's there's like a, a lack of character like growth and like meaning I guess like there's like the characters are there and they do character things, but there's no heavy investment to any of the characters at all. It's just like you're watching robots kind of play out scenes yeah. and like they have their lines and they say their lines and it's like okay, there's like a, a a narrative happening, but I don't feel particularly invested in anything because uh, I have no reason to be invested in these people. Which like they had setups that would allow for that like the marriage of the two strangers that could have been interesting to touch on like how they actually felt about each other because i don't recall them ever like having like any heart-to-heart scenes they're just like oh yeah we're supposed to be married you seem like a nice person okay oh no drama 
Like, right. shit's happening. You never gotta... really see the point where they, like, fall for each other. But we're supposed to believe, like, they're committed to each other at the same time. Like, halfway through the game or whatever. And you're like, but... Well, I'm... They just met, like, not too long ago, so... I, like, to be fair, I guess, it's like an arranged marriage or whatever. And it's, like, the times, quote-unquote, where people are married for... Political reasons. Political reasons. So, them having feelings for each other... Not necessarily what happened. It's more like a compulsion to fulfill their duties to their countries or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and like that's why they're still together. But like they say, like even Frederica says early on, like I don't know why I'm still here. It's my country is attacking your country. Right. And uh, Sarah was like, oh, but well, you're supposed to be my wife, so it's cool. It's like okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't Besides doing just the actual story beats, I don't think there was a single side story or just a day in the life of any single character in the game. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. We're missing some of the, like, day-to-day stuff. But, uh, I guess we can get more than that in in story. We probably should, uh, do breakdown and kind of maybe introduce Kyle. See, uh... Um, yeah, you want to do that then? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, do you want me to do breakdown? Uh, That's fine. Uh, usually, uh, like normal, uh, shows broken down into different categories, uh, gameplay, story, visuals, uh, music, voice acting, uh, then your overall, and then the last one's replayability, extra content. Uh, we do ratings on a scale of one to five, because Nick fucked it up in the beginning and put half scores, oh wait, we do half scores because Nick fucked it up, like I just fucked up that, um... But, uh, yeah, that's that's how we do this. Um, we usually go start off with uh, what we've been playing. Um, besides this, I've been playing uh, Outer Worlds. I just really got started into that. Um, this game, I've, I've been pl- basically I've been playing this for like a month, uh, Triangle Strategy, just because it's just one battle or two battles you can... I just get tired after that. I don't want to keep playing. Usually, like some games, I can just keep playing. This thing, like, just mentally, like, if you're not playing like on easy, I guess when I played on easy, it was not that bad. But just playing on normal, like, uh, mentally, just kind of like uh, I don't want to do this after a couple battles. So it took me like a month to beat it twice because I wanted to do the golden path. Um, but then I just started Outer Worlds last week, so. Um, yeah, what, what, about, what about you, Nick? Uh, well, I've been kind of struggling to get through this because I only play it at work. Um, so I was able to get to, like, Chapter 17, I think. So I'm still pl- I'm still planning on playing it at work, just I can only put, like, an hour in it a night sometimes. And that's because I mainly focus on other stuff at my house that I can't play outside the house. So I've been playing the Evil Dead, the game, pretty hardcore. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm addicted, but it's kind of one of those things where I'm thinking about it all the time and can't wait to get home and play it. So, uh, yeah, I guess it helps that I'm a fan of the series and the gameplay is okay. It's like an asymmetric 4v1 thing, which I'm kind of whatever about, but uh, it does. it's like a different experience every time you play, so that's fun. Um... I do plan on getting the Platinum soon, so then I'll switch over to the Outer Worlds. Uh, which I kind of have been spoiled on, because I watched Nicole play it a little bit uh, when it released. 
and I've seen some like speed runs and stuff like that because I was doing trophy research a while ago. Uh, but it should still be a fun experience. And I definitely like like the the uh, god damn it like not not nihilistic but uh, the other word <laughs> humor that's in the game. It's really uh, it's really absurd and uh, it's also like a window into a potential future that's should be outlandish, but it definitely feels like it's going to be more uh, like an apt uh, description, kind of like it, how Idiocracy the movie, yeah, is like oh shit, this is dumb, but then like as the times go on, you're like wow, <laughs> this was. Uh, forecasting our future look at that yeah uh i haven't really gotten to like i'm only in the first like world so the the dialogue hasn't really uh i haven't really i've been to one like two different towns really so far so i haven't really got to interact with that many people just as yet um but i am the gameplay is pretty fun with the you know get different weapons and stuff like that but uh it does have a you know pretty pretty good fallout feel to it's what it feels like but just i don't know i mean we're playing this game like three years after release so it's not really that buggy i know usually these type of games are but so far i haven't really noticed anything well i think obsidian does a decent job of not making their games shitty yeah uh like unlike bethesda who just uh shit something out and everybody eats it up and then they're like yeah we'll kind of fix it eventually whatever you'll keep mine anyway we don't care All right. Is that uh, oh well? Is that all you got? Uh, uh I mean that's what I've been playing. Um, Kyle, uh, it's your first time on the show, so why don't you like I guess introduce yourself and maybe a little background on like your RPG history, maybe or what your favorite game is or something like that, and maybe what you've been playing. What big questions? Um, yeah. So I've been listening to the show maybe a year and a half or something like that. Joined the Discord a while ago, listening to you guys jab with Travis all the time. Figured I'd step in because he's been up and playing so many games to completion recently, it seems. Um, otherwise, been playing RPGs, JRPGs for a while, mid-90s. Um, Scootin' 2 is probably my favorite. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics play a lot of. What was the first one? Scootin' 2. Oh, okay. Just then. Yeah, sorry. Everybody pronounces yeah, it different. Okay, good. So is that, um, is that how you found it? Like, you were searching for a Suikoden, like, podcast or something like that? Or just kind of stumble into it? Yeah, I actually was looking up uh, um, Suikoden 3 podcast um, so my wife could listen to it while she started playing through the series and came across the show. So figured, why not give it a run? Found your Discord and, Yeah. That was pretty much it. It's funny because uh, Suikoden, like, just going off on some of the metrics I have, like, Suikoden 3 is one of the more popular ones people listen to. I don't know if it's because no one played it or what, or less people played it than 2, and so they want to know if it's worth playing. I don't know, but I feel like that one. Oh, was... no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was... Great answer. Yeah. I don't know. We get a lot, we get a lot less, more people listening to that one than the other two, which is weird to me, but... Oh, that's fair. Yeah, um, played a bunch of games, try to keep up, but mostly just play older stuff now because there's not too many true RPGs coming out anymore, like turn-based. Um, but right now playing uh, 
Shit started Mother One uh, a couple of nights ago on the Switch just for nostalgia and uh, finally play through it for once. Um, Lego Star Wars on the PS5. It's a good time. Suggest it to everybody for like collecting things. And uh, really, that's honestly it right now. Cool. Uh, what was that the first one you said? Uh, or, yeah, like the oh, pre-Earthbound Mother, 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 Mother 1. I never played that. What's is that? I heard it's just like a, kind of a lot like Mother 2 or something, but just a little... Yeah. Just, you find a musical note, songs, whatever, through the world, fight aliens. And the characters are kind of the same, right? Pretty much, yeah. Cool, cool. Is that one of those ones that was JP only that got translated? Like yeah, they they have beginnings. I think it came out for the DS, and then they just released it on the Switch, Nintendo system, or whatever. Um, a couple, maybe two months ago, three months ago. Same cool. with Earthbound. Yeah, I love Earthbound. I don't think Nick's played it. Uh, I rented it when I was a ch- small child. I was like seven. And uh, I'm all about like swords and sorcery, so like kid in town with a dog and townspeople and shit. I was just kind of I think I played like an hour and I was like, fuck this. I'm going to go back to Mystic Quest or something. Bad Which is uh, it's heresy, I know, but uh, I've never like given it an actual chance. <laughs> That's fair. Mystic Quest was my first RPG, so I can't blame you there. <laughs> like, I almost made a huge mistake when I was like nine or something. We were at a pawn shop and my parents were like, okay, uh, you guys can pick one game out and we'll get it for you. And like, I was pulling hard for Mystic Quest and my siblings were like, no, let's get the Zelda game. Which uh, turned out to be a, a much better pick because Link to the Past is a phenomenal game. Uh, but, you know, I have, uh, I've got my biases and I really wanted fucking Mystic Quest, even though I'd played it like 20 times because we rented it from the Blockbuster or whatever the fuck all the time. But, you know, we all make mistakes. <laughs> so yeah yep um all right so i guess that's uh the introduction's done let's talk about this game uh it's a new release i know we typically do them every so often um obviously uh we do try to go back to older stuff but you know sometimes a new game comes out and it sounds really enticing really fits our niche we want to talk about it so this game came out march 4th 2022 uh, it was published by Square Enix in Japan and Nintendo internationally on the same date. Uh, the development of the game was led by uh, Tomoya Asano, who also produced Bravely Default and Octopath Traveler. Um, and the premise of this game was, I guess, like a, just a old-school turn-based strategy, uh, heavy on the lore, narrative, world-building, and uh, it promised... Uh, deep strategic combat, which they, which game doesn't promise uh, deep strategic combat. Uh, so I guess we could uh, kind of debate whether it reached its aspirations or not. Uh, when we get into the actual discussion, um, <clears throat> but were either of you like particularly hyped for this game? I was. I I was like, I don't know. Did... I think this and Octopath, like after those two games, I'm not going to be hyped after the ne- for the next one they do. But just like the way it looked, 
and maybe like I built a story up in my head. Like I didn't have like I didn't do any like look into anything at all or look at reviews or anything before I like watched like played it. Like I played that demo, um, the first demo like a year ago. You know, I think you played that too, right, Nick? Thought it was fucking phenomenal. It's like this is gonna be great. Yeah, but that like that was it. Like they didn't get better, you know, than the demo. Like I thought I was gonna build on to things, but I feel like this game like. You never get ahead. It's like you're always. It's always a struggle. There's not like any, anything that really helps you tip the scales. I guess without cheesing it. Uh, sure. You know what I mean. It kind of puts the theme of the game like in that respect. But for a, a player who's trying to have fun playing a game, it's not the most, like, fun thing to do. Like I would say, ninety percent of people when they're playing a game, they like that, getting stronger feel. Like okay, yes. I've put the time in. I've grown my characters. I want to dominate now, and that's impossible in this game. Unless you apparently there's some broken setups that I never got to use because they're tied behind like unlockable characters or whatever. But they're still not like that OP. Nothing like a yeah. bunch of like ninjas and shit or whatever. Fuck from like Final Fantasy Tactics, just stomping everybody, or just even like uh, Orlando, just one shotting everybody. Like nothing like that here. It's yeah. At, at all times, your characters are on on the back step and most of your characters can be one shot depending on what difficulty you're playing oh, on yeah. they can gang up on you for sure pretty pretty easily the only guy that I think you get you don't get really to like the second playthrough unless you like uh, luck into picking the right choices is uh, Maxwell like he can be pretty OP because he's got like uh, like a, a skill where he gets like re-raise you know uh, like starting out you don't even have to cast it on him and then he has like his best weapon skill is like this high like the spear jump thing he kinda like you know when he's fighting uh Evlora, like he does that move, like you get that move. Yeah. Which is pretty he's cool. like a dragoon. Yeah. So he has like a high jump thing, which is it's really powerful and you can take out like a shit ton of guys with it. But you really don't get him to like the second playthrough and I don't know, it's just like by that time you don't really need him, I guess, but uh I don't know. That was, there was that's like the only character like that. Everyone else has well, I, their pluses and minuses. I mean, I guess you can get uh, Serenoa to kind of be um, pretty decent. Like be be, I say be with his uh, hawk dive. You know where you, you can extend the range so he can pretty much crush a lot of people from a while what or not, you know a couple spaces away. Yeah, but no one really is like OP. Well, there's a setup I read about a time mage that I never unlocked. So you can do kind of, all kinds of shenanigans. Yeah, but it's not very satisfying. You just basically keep doing the same term over and over again until you kill them. Pretty much. Yeah, but that's that's the most like OP thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not very fun, but <laughs> that's what I mean. It's not fun to do that. It's it's effective. <laughs> yeah. Um. But. It just, uh, yeah, there's like, there's a lack of satisfying gameplay, I guess, to me, uh, for the game that's supposed to be, you know, tactic game, like, there's some, like, they do a lot of things right, but there's some things that just, it's just not like, I don't know, not satisfying with what, how they do it. So. Okay. You have any opinions, Kyle, or are you just kind of? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess first hearing was 
pretty hyped about the game, honestly. It was nice seeing a strategy RPG come out again. I always jump on them because that's, I don't know, I grew up with playing tactics year after year after year. Um, so it's kind of my jam. Uh, the first two demos were great. I really liked how the second demo you could actually keep your your abilities and what how far you had gotten through the game in the first three chapters that was kind of a cool niche thing to throw out there so so i was pretty excited when it came out and um for the most part yeah for the other things i believe you guys are right it's everything on the side works well enough but the gameplay itself is a little lackluster at the end of the day it's it's interesting but it doesn't really give you the complex strategies it doesn't really give you the ability to be overpowered in any way shape or form you're kind of just always right on the edge of being good enough and then like other strategy games the the experience decline once you get to the level of the map you're on just drops drastically so it was really tough to get ahead of anything maybe at best i had a character one or two above but you never got that power feeling from your from your main characters or any of the characters in your party honestly um looked up some strategies on trying to find how you can be a little better or make people overpowered and it's all time mage based or ice magic casting based and it's kind of boring so i wish there was just a little bit more in the gameplay that made you feel feel like it mattered what you were doing rather than just moving the set pieces kind of like a boring game of chess fair yeah it's more of a definitely go ahead oh you go i was just saying yeah it's more of like the the word i was kind of looking for earlier is it's a grind every battle's a grind you know it's not like it's not breezy like sometimes you want some breezy like you know battles where you're like oh yeah this, this is why i keep winning like you always feel like you're you're struggling where you never feel like you're dominating the field where if you're going to be this strong group of people or this, you know, fearsome, you know, uh, force, like, you don't ever feel that, you know? So. I mean, I understand why they did it because it's, like, it fits the narrative. Like, you're the underdog, the entire, like, from the from the get-go, like, you, you're, like, Glenbrook gets uh, taken over and then you're on the on the uh the back foot almost the entire time like even when you make alliances you're getting stabbed in the back so right. it's like you're just like this tiny little like fiefdom or whatever and you're trying to survive which is reflected like throughout the entire game until the very end when the climaxes and all that stuff happen uh and even then some of the endings you're still like on the, the run the entire time yeah and even one ending the main character dies and it's like oh shit so, <laughs> the, there's, uh, there's only one good ending, and the other three, it's like they're kind of like there's good aspects about them, but they're not for sure. There's like not satisfying, so it's like fuck. I really have to play this game again to like get a satisfying ending. Like I don't. Well, yeah, the the golden path that is definitely a cul- culmination of all the good parts of all the other endings, which I guess is to its benefit. Like that's it's the golden ending. Like normally you have like a. Endings that are like, oh, okay, I mean, that's good enough. Right. But the endings in this are all, like, pretty fucking dour. It's like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, one of the main casts in each ending, like, they, you lose someone. So. Um, but, yeah, we'll get more than that in the story. You want to get into the gameplay? Might as well. All right. Um, <clears throat> so, kind of has... Kudra uh, said before, we do breakdowns of all the categories. Uh, we typically just do a description. Depending on the category, it's 
pretty long-winded, and then we do pros and cons, or likes and dislikes, and we do a musical break, and we keep moving on. Uh, so we're going to start off today with gameplay, um, and a new thing we've added in the last couple episodes is we'll kind of go through a systematic breakdown, like of the battle system, uh, how character growth works, if there are any minigames, how any traversal system works, if there's shops, what what can you do with them, and then if there's any unique aspects to the game. So... Um, for the battle system, it's an isometric, turn-based, tactical strategy game. So if you've played one before, uh, I guess that like the top hitters would be like Tactics Ogre or Final Fantasy Tactics, um, as like I guess the two strongest contenders for this category. Uh, there's other stuff like Front Mission Three, or I guess maybe a couple other Front Missions also had this system. I'm not sure. The only one I really know about is Front Mission Three. Um, was it Vanguard Saga? Is Bandit. that a game? Vanguard Bandits? Vanguard Bandits, yeah. Uh, I think fucking Travis uh, played that recently. The other one with giant robots. Yeah, that's one with giant robots. There's also another one. I can't fucking remember, but it, it's got like a... Almost like a chimera on the front. Vandal Hearts. It's a dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That's old. Uh, I play that forever. Yeah. Uh, so if you're familiar with those kind of games, this is just one of those ones, uh, except with the, I guess, unique uh, factor being that you don't get generic units in this game, like you would in any of those other games. So every character you get in this game has a unique set of abilities, and they perform uh, a unique function. Even if it may be similar to a function that another character has, they typically have uh, something different about them uh so for example the, the there's two archer units there's multiple archer units but two uh that a lot of people will probably get uh is huet who's a default character like you get her no matter what and then archibald who is a uh, an unlockable character but he unlocks pretty early uh depending on your your uh conviction choices so huet like is a flying unit and she can move around pretty freely, but she has a shorter range to her range attacks, and she also has, like, uh, debuffs. Whereas Archibald is, like, a traditional uh, perch on top of a high area and don't move very much kind of archer because he does more damage the longer he shoots. And he has extended range, and he mostly fo focuses on uh, damaging abilities. So you can have, like, two of the same type of character, but they can perform completely different functions, which is... Uh, neat, but as happens in these kind of games where you have dedicated functions, uh, some are just naturally better based on the system that they're in than others. And unless you're trying to like level up every character evenly, you'll be like, oh, this character is more geared towards the purposes or strategies that I have. And I'm going to use them uh, over the other character who I tried once and was like, I don't like them because they're boring or whatever. Right. Uh, in any other kind of strategy game where you can kind of craft your own characters, you can use characters freely to modify your strategy as you play the game. And you're not kind of stuck with, oh, I've only used this character who can do this particular thing. Now I'm on a map where I need the character that who can do this particular thing but I didn't use them because they never served a purpose up until this point. So then you have to go back and grind. Um, but I guess, I mean, that is also a facet of other types of games, but you have more 
freedom, I guess, because you may be able to change the way that one character you've invested a lot of effort uh, or time into, like, plays, sort of, like, to fit the, the, the role you need them to fit temporarily, and then you can revert them back to whatever role you had them before. Whereas in this one, you can't, because the character's just fixed. Um... So I guess going further in depth on the, the system, um, it's you move characters around a grid, uh, you can attack, uh, you can wait, you can... Use abilities. <laughs> you can use abilities. Um, there is a, uh, a height facet, so there's a height stat, um, there's a movement stat, so your character can only move so many squares, and they have to have uh, the ability to trans... Uh, transverse a certain height uh, otherwise they can't jump up the, the little rocks or the cliff or side or whatever there are abilities that some characters have that can get around that like uh, Yen's who builds ladders um, shit what's the assassin's black girl's name Anna Anna she can ability that lets her pretty much ignore height and she can move up uh, cliff sides and shit she also can turn invisible uh, for two turns. Um, so there's lots of different like stuff that the characters could do. And so there's lots of options once you unlock the characters uh, for how you want to deploy your forces. Uh, but I felt like a lot of the time uh, the game started you off as was narratively uh, apt to do. You're off, you're in a disadvantaged position and you have to hope to god that you're able to get out fast enough to a neutral position on the board so that you can set up your units and have them uh, fight effectively because uh, there were a couple times where like you I, I noticed that like, you'd get spawned in and like you're surrounded by enemies and they have like height advantage and there's archers and shit everywhere and you're like what the fuck okay how the hell am I going to get out of here so I kind of like that aspect where you had to actually like think about a strategy and not just kind of like steamroll everybody uh but i can understand how that would be off-putting for a lot of people like you have a tank class who has to be like already in range of the units that to uh provoke them to attack him otherwise they're going to ignore him essentially and it almost defeats the purpose of having like a tank unit because if the enemy is already close enough for me to, like, deal with, those are usually the ones that don't that I'm not too worried about. The ones that I'm worried about, I can't provoke, so I can't have my weaker units actually support my frontline units effectively because otherwise they're just gonna get fucking two shot. And I was trying uh, to play this game without having anybody die, so I was restarting maps a lot because of like some random shit would happen where an enemy uh, who was suddenly in range of one of my like mage units or whatever would just move and one shot somebody with a lucky crit i'm like fuck this is bullshit so uh there's no permadeath so that's at least a good thing about this one that is true um and you can retreat from battle anytime that you want and uh any levels up and uh i don't think the loot carries over but any levels you've gotten your characters uh stays and you can redeploy so i guess you can technically use that to farm a little bit like or to power grind your characters like throw them into a map 
because the way that experience works is um, it's based off the level of the map, not the level of the enemies you're fighting, which I thought was odd. But it does allow for some strategies where you can have characters that can uh, like have a one TP cost ability that they use on themselves, and it gives them experience each time they do it. And you can just have them kind of farm themselves in the corner while you have your characters that don't have that capability move forward and do the actual fighting. Yes, yeah, so um, TP, now that you mention it, that's something you need to, you kind of have to have to use your more uh, uh, deadlier... Well, to use any abilities. Yeah, to use any abilities. Yeah, you just attack. But you do start off with one at the beginning of a battle, or maybe it's two. I can't remember. I think it's two, and then when you class up, you get an additional one or something. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. every turn you get another, uh, you get one more after every turn. So you can like wait and save up your TP and not use anything, or there's other characters that have TP stealing or TP sharing uh, abilities that kind of like are batteries that you can use for like, because the thing that you roll, you'll run into is like your mage characters, like, like most of their skills take two TP, so after like one or two rounds, then they, they really are useless unless you have someone that's like recharging them up. So... <clears throat> um, definitely one of the things that kind of gets annoying but then you f you get you find who your tp person is and you got you just got to have one if you want to keep like the momentum going i guess yeah it's awkward to have somebody like stuck to the hip of characters though and it's like you're useless because <laughs> all you're doing is just giving tp to this one person right that's why do i have you here i stopped us using benedict like after i got someone better later um julio i didn't even use julio i used the i used uh medina because she at least heals and gives you tp so yeah um so she at least has two uh, functions um but i try i i didn't I, for a while i just got pissed and i just didn't use anybody for tp and just kind of waited it out but i got that took too long, so I had to. I, you have to, eventually you have to have someone, or you're a lot, spending a lot of turns waiting, which is boring. So, or you're gonna be doing mock battles to level your guys up, so that you can get like, you know, there's a there's um, in your encampment there's a place where you can upgrade abilities, and you know some of them are like you you use less TP for them, so. Uh, but uh, anything else on battle system before we go to the next the next thing? Um, I mean you've got your normal like ranged attacks, and oh. you can see uh, like the range of the enemies and stuff like that, which is like a neat feature. Uh, so you can kind of coordinate where you put your blockers so that your weaker units don't get hit. Um, but it doesn't really feel like it matters that much because you. I don't. I didn't feel like you could predict the AI that well because its its targeting was kind of. I don't feel like. I felt like they always went over the mages like a dice roll. The they always went over the mages and healers first, is what I thought. Uh, well, sure. That's how it, I mean it, it normally would work because of the weaker characters or whatever. But sometimes, like they would, I'd have like two weak characters next to each other, and one enemy would attack one, and then another enemy would attack the other one instead of killing the first one and I'm like I don't know why they just did that but I'm happy they did that because fuck yeah I don't have to restart the match or the battle 
and then sometimes like they just attack like the stronger unit and like is there what's the what's the logic here i don't understand <laughs> but maybe they had like a better a higher hit percentage or something because it felt like it, it didn't like have fire emblem syndrome where like it was 95 percent a chance to hit a lot and i missed a lot but it it like it also felt like that sort of like i'd be like fuck how the hell i missed like you were talking about serenoa having the hawk dive uh like extension and it helped a lot it didn't help me very much because he missed all the fuck time i'm like what the fuck stop missing you met you motherfucker <laughs> uh i think i had an accuracy ring or something on him to help with that oh, okay yeah i, I guess yep. that's a we'll kind of go into character growth i guess uh okay segue into that because um stats are so small that i don't understand why they're so small like you equip like equip a, a ring that boosts your stat it's like you get one point in the stat I'm like i don't know why <laughs> i would use this i think it makes a big difference because of the way leveling works where you know everyone's kind of like the same level so whatever extra strength one or two you get really makes a difference uh on the battlefield yeah, and once you buy the more expensive rings towards the end of the game, I think they're either three or four, which does make a difference as well. Yeah. Fair. And also you can upgrade your weapons like three times, like we were saying. And uh, each rank, weapon rank, gives you uh, five uh, basically upgrades uh, you can use, or you can spend uh, like your materials on. So, uh, you know, some of the times it's, you don't get the pick, it's just whatever the designer, the game designers put in there, but, you know, your, your strength guys are going to have attack up or life up or defense up. Sometimes it's luck, sometimes it's speed, sometimes it's movement. Um, and then usually in rank two, there's like a skill in there that will, you, you can use less TP for and some other more hearts, you know, life or, you know, defense or something. And then the third rank is where you have your like weapon rank, your actual weapon skill you can use. But usually it takes so many damn materials. Like your, a lot of this game is like you're farming materials so you can. I guess you didn't, you don't really need to, but you feel like you need to, uh, so you can upgrade to like better, better stats and skills and stuff. So you, the way to uh, upgrade your weapon is in your encampment. You go to Jens, who I think it just says blacksmith before you find out his name, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's the one that upgrades your your weapons for you. It definitely is irritating. Like it starts you off like nice, like oh you only need like one of the material or whatever. You're like okay, cool, and then it's like oh you need five now. And if they have if they have split materials, you need like two or three of them each, and then it's like. No, you need 10. It's like, holy fuck. I can barely get one in each mock battle. <laughs> yeah. And there's only like five of these in the shop available at this point in time. How the hell am I supposed to yeah. rank up my character's equipment? And then you look at them and you're like, okay, I could choose between having plus one health or plus 10 health, plus one strength, plus one defense. I kind of don't care. And some of the, uh, like the optional skills, like you could toggle between uh, like... Oh, your fire attack does more damage. Oh, or your your lightning attack does more damage. And I'm like, okay, well, I only use one. Or like in the case of uh, the little green mage guy, Narvel or something. Uh, Narv. It's like, 
oh, you can choose between having his lightning do more damage or his fire attack do more damage. And I'm like, I don't even have access to the fire attack. Why the fuck would I ever pick that? <laughs> like, okay. Like, I don't get that until, like, level 20 or something. Uh, I'm level 10. Okay, I'll just, obviously, I'll do the lightning attack. And it does, it's a better attack anyway, because you can paralyze and it does a shit ton of damage. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, I, didn't, I definitely don't like the material in, like, basically, like, the only way to get material is on the battlefield, they'll, the enemies will drop them. Like, I think there's one already there on each on each screen, but randomly, uh, enemies will drop them when you defeat them. I don't know if it's random or if it's, like, there's a set amount like already pre-programmed and it's just random on who drops it um because i think i was reading somewhere like they had all the list of all the material drops so i don't know if it's like it's, uh, it's always the same and you can like record it but it felt like that um, yeah every enemy drops the same material it just depends which enemy drops it randomly during the battle okay so yeah, and then that's the only way to get your materials to upgrade your weapons, um, besides the, the store in your encampment, but they only had a limited amount, and they don't... Uh, I thought that would like restock after every battle, and it's more like every two or three chapters. So uh, basically it's a, a battle a chapter, and then there's like uh, each chapter, there's a battle, there's like a, a part where you're like, you know... Uh, you can walk around the town and like investigate things and then there's like story beats that like you just click on and the story happens i think maybe that's part of the problem with this the game too is like the story is like you click on it for it to happen i don't know that's kind of well i thought was like they they tried to do that oh you can see what the evil characters are doing and see their plans but like you click you watch their their plot and they're just like Mwahaha, we're doing something evil. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't any kind of like, like it wasn't anything. Like, like, I don't know the fuck the point of this was. <laughs> You're like, yeah, we're gonna go attack them, and then they come and they show them attacking us. I'm like, yeah, we kind of already knew that was happening. <laughs> it wasn't anything like eye opening. Like, oh wow, that's why they did that. It's like, nope, yeah. everything was kind of predictable. Well, even even when they do like uh, they show stuff like at the beginning of the game, like they have you through like Roland interacting with his brother and sister, and it's just like their character caricatures of people like they're just nothing but a trope like the brother's an asshole he's like oh yeah you're a piece of shit rolling fuck you cordelia is like a a whiny useless girl trope it's like oh please don't fight oh i love my brothers uh and roland's just like man this place sucks i'm fucking out of here and it's like okay like that's a day in the life of roland i guess that sucks for him but like, i didn't get anything out of it like there's no plot progression it's just like oh these characters the siblings are siblings. Okay, got it. Next, thanks for <laughs> thanks for letting me see that. Right. Uh, like even when you have uh, like stuff that's pertinent to the plot happening, it's still not like. It's like they, they have a veil in front of what's happening, so you don't under like it, you don't get any information out of it. You're just like, oh, somebody's doing something nefarious. Okay. Right. Cool. Like I already knew they're doing something nefarious because the last two chapters we fought them, like, uh, and they, we know they're bad. Okay, can we just have an actual engrossing plot, please? No. Oh well. Maybe so next time. The the yeah, the the other thing uh, about gameplay, there's um, basically your characters have classes. Um, there's 
two other classes you can rank up to. Uh, and that's another thing that's a pain in the ass to get is like to, to promote, you have to have these medals and they don't tell you how to get the medals. They just kind of randomly drop, but then eventually you can buy them from Archibald, who's like the sundry shop of the game. Um, and you can trade for, uh, Q, uh, what are they called? Kudos. Kudos. Yeah. Or QP, QP points or something. Or, right? The quietest things? Quietest points? No, you buy quietest points with kudos. Okay, yeah. Kudos are like what you get for back attacking or attacking from a higher height or so, yeah, attacking from an area specific... you can't be hit from. Yeah, so if you do these specific uh, actions in the game, like you're saying, back attack or uh, follow up attack or whatever it is, you get uh, kudos or QP. Is it QP or you get kudos? Thing I got on mix. Kudos. Kudos. Yeah. kudos. And you use the kudos to buy QP. Alright. Um, and then, so there's someone in your uh, encampment that sells stuff. So you can buy, like, the upgrades, you like, materials you need to upgrade your weapons. Um, or you can buy a couple of the uh, metals. Quietus. Yeah, there's two metals. And then, there, yeah, the quietus is, which is, like, uh, an extra move you can use. You get five Q QP points uh, by the end of the game, um, but some of these things, like uh, one of them is like a revive, costs four. Or there's a revive that gives you 25% health, which only costs like two or three. Or there's like, you can, there's a skill you can use where you can move a character like five spaces over or something like that. There's like a bunch of different ones. Uh, I think the one I used the most was like revive when someone died. Uh, Wait, hold on. So I never used these things. Are you? Uh, are, are you saying like when you buy? Because I thought when you buy yeah. a point, it like you buy one use of the the point or whatever. Are you saying that you it, it just unlocks like a larger point gauge? Is yeah, like you get pushes every map up to five points per battle. Fuck. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was like, "Well, I don't want to use them because I only have like, oh, I got, I got three points." I'm like, "That doesn't seem like very much." I guess I'll stock them up in case I really need them. Yeah, Man, yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you can reuse them over and over again. Shit. Okay. Um, one of them is like you can switch out your party members. So if there's someone you like didn't mean to use, you can like switch them out. Um, Kyle, what are what are some other ones? I can't remember them all. Yeah, the one of the fun ones for every boss battle you fight there's one where you can stop an enemy for a turn or two and they just won't move so you can just wail on any boss um yeah there's the movement one everyone gets like plus five movement you can move one character eight spaces a couple of different heals oh, and yeah, yeah, i think that that's sense. it there's make a character go next oh. yeah make a character go next in tandem that's uh, the one i use a lot the in tandem where it's like yeah. uh i think uh Federica has like a, a spell, her ultimate spell, where it takes her like one turn to charge. Where I would just select that and then use the quietest points to have her go next. So, yeah, those are those are cool. Uh, I really liked them, but I felt like they limit. Like, why give me so many options and I only get five points? Like, I feel like you should have got, been able to get like maybe ten points or something. But maybe that's the way they're trying to balance the game, but. Like I said, like we were saying, like sometimes, like you want to balance the game to a point where you just want to break it, and I think that this stayed too balanced too long. 
Well, going back to what you're saying about class upgrades, like it almost felt like it wasn't worth it to do a class upgrade for the most part. Because some characters, like when you do a class upgrade, they're just like, oh, you get like one attack, and then uh, the first you can learn two skills. It's like okay. Yeah, the first the first upgrade's worth it because you get like you do get like uh, stats up, and also you get like the next best. Like I think it's three more uh, abilities. Like the last class up, you only get one more ability, so it's not like that great. Um, because it's like the weapon ability is like your ultimate, so like the last ability you get for your class up usually doesn't is not that great. Because I'm just looking like I'm looking at them right now. Serenoa's is shielding stance, which I never used. Uh, I think they actually the first. So if you're rank one, you can only get abilities up to tenth level. Two is twenty and three is thirty. So if he's not third level, he couldn't get like a level twenty-four ability. Yeah, that's why you have to rank him up. Otherwise, it is pretty much worthless. You're right. Yeah, I mean, most of the ability, like that's the thing too. Like a lot of the abilities you use are the ones you start off with. There's not like really until you get those ultimate attacks, which you don't really get to use until the end of the game. So like. For 90% of the game, you're doing the same thing over and over again. It's not much... There's not, like, a, a reward for it, you know? There's not like, oh, this is the better ability of this one, you know? Or you can't... Well, sure, like, you can't in a, any other kind of, like, game like this, like, you grow your characters, and you're like, oh, they've got stronger attacks, and I have a higher capacity, like, MP or whatever. I can use more abilities that are stronger. I can actually influence the battle more. And... Like, but this game, you're like, man, I'm still just shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. And then they have reinforcements, like, to, in the last battles a lot. Like, there's three, two or three reinforcement waves. Like, fuck. It's going to be done. <laughs> so. So many reinforcement fights in this game. Yeah. It's one aspect oh. of games that I hate, especially strategy games, because it feels like a cop-out. Like, you've set up, like, you, you present to me... The field. I'm like, okay, so this is the field. I can formulate a strategy here. Let's do it. And then they pull like shit out their ass, like, oh, enemies appearing behind you. Like, get the fuck off. <laughs> like, if you don't provide me some kind of notification, like, I feel like in game, there are some games that are like, hey, reinforcements in five turns, and they show up they, on the field, like, they show an area on the field, like, hey, this is where they're going to show up, so you have time to adapt your strategy. Uh, just letting you know, here you go. But then some games, like, Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem, in particular, is notorious for this kind of shit, where, like, you move your characters halfway across the map, you trigger, like, the specific map, like, uh, event thing or whatever, and it was like, oh, no, now you got t ten dudes that appeared behind you, and they're gonna kill all your, your weak characters. Sorry, you should have known that. Alright, thanks. Right. <clears throat> um... Anything else on? Uh, I guess this, I guess we're technical on character growth. Uh, Hunter, well, I kind of think we kind of touched on a little bit, but it's Hunter experience points to each level. Um, but like as you're as we we're saying, uh, each each time you level up, you get less experience points. And I think when you're like the same level as everyone else or that map, you get like two or three experience points per action or or uh, kill. I, I didn't notice, um, I can't remember, but even when you, like, kill someone, do you get more experience points, or is it kind of, like, the same? You do, yeah. 
Is it like minimal though? It's not a lot. Yeah. So if it, if it's ten on like a normal movement, I think you get seventeen for a kill. Yeah. So it's like. And then you get four if you're a level higher. Yeah, it's kind of not like I just killed someone. And I get like five experience points more. It's like. Uh, anything else? Did we forget anything? No? I think that's I think it. So. Uh, there's no mini games that I can think of, right? Not a one. <laughs> Unless you count exploration as a mini game. Or the mental mock battles, but not really. But yeah, it's not. That's, yeah. Alright, uh, traversal. Uh, Really, it's just you. There's not really traversal. It's just you selecting it on the map and going to it, and then the story beats play out, and then the battles play out. Well, I mean, the exploration phase is like a free roam on a on just a map, and that's about it. Yeah, you get to run around the town. Yeah, you, you talk to at least it's the map that you're gonna fight on, eighty percent of the time. Yeah. And that's, when you, that's another place you can find materials. Like, there's little uh, blinking lights, and you click on them, and that's, like, usually you find money or materials. Um, and then as you're going through, you can talk to different uh, characters, and you can choose, it. like, two of them usually will have a conviction uh, option you can choose. So you can uh, boost that up by 50 points, I believe, each time. The first time you play the game, though, they don't tell you how much you how much it is or what it's gonna affect, and then your second playthrough, it'll tell you on the screen like this is gonna affect this certain one or this one, and then you get like fifty points for it. But correct, back me up. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Nick, do you want to go into the conviction kind of system? I was. Trying to figure out if it was just for the plot or this, but I guess it, it's it's here. Um, so the way conviction works is it's tied into the narrative, and uh, the leaders of the Wolfort domain have usually, when they had a tough decision, like used these scales of conviction, and that uh, their like seven closest advisors uh, help them make a decision on to like the where they're going to go in the future for the domain and the kingdom or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So uh, you have three categories. You have morality, utility, and... Liberty. Liberty. Thank you. And uh, depending on the conversation choices you make with characters across the game, um, you will get a boost to one of these convictions. And uh, the points that you have total in these convictions are tied into a couple things. They're tied into recruiting uh, characters. They're tied into influencing your compatriots during the conviction phase of the game. And uh, I think that's it, actually. It's just those two. Uh, unless I'm wrong. I don't think so. I think that's about it. It makes sense. Yeah. Like, like, that's the thing I think that's dis- the, the most disappointing thing about this game. I thought they would affect the story at all, but they don't at all like they don't know anything i mean yeah the only way it ties in is you miss out on talking to some of the townspeople and getting the choices that'll switch convictions during the voting process but other than that there's literally nothing yeah i wanted good i was gonna say i was gonna i have a huge complaint about that because there was a, a choice i was trying to make uh it was to defend the roselle or turn them over 
And evidently, uh, one of the conversation options you need to turn Eridor uh, from defend to turn over is tied into going to Ace Frost in Chapter 3 or whatever the fuck. And that's the only way to get that conversation thing unlocked. And it's like, I wish I would have fucking known that before I got to that point, because I, the way I'm trying to play this route is I wanted, I wanted to do all the worst shit I possibly could to get that over with. And then go ahead and do whatever I wanted to do on the next route. But like I was literally, I tried every single option I could in the conversations to convince anybody to help me uh, turn over the the Roselle, and everybody's just like, "Nah, go fuck yourself." And so I looked it up, and they're like, "Yeah, the only way to get this conversation option was to go. You had to go to Ace Frost in chapter or whatever at the very beginning of the game." And I went to Hyzant, and I'm like, "This is some bullshit." So I did not like how you could miss things based on uh like choices you made that will influence uh the way that you proceed in the game in the future based on this arbitrary conversation system thing like cool if there, i'm okay with like missing things in the game like item wise but i don't like being uh restricted on how i want the arbitrary uh like plot line paths that influence which route i go into being made off of some like random missable thing that's not even integral to the plot. Like, well, the other if you know thing, what I mean. I think the other thing that influences it, uh, your choice or being able to, to change them, I thought was like your conviction. So, like, if your if your convictions the the you know the side that the person you're trying to change their mind is, it's easier to change their mind. Because I felt like the first time through the game, there's a lot of like, oh, this is going to be hard to change their mind on, and there's one time like when you, whenever that choice is to how you're going to attack the castle, to like, you know, win back Glenbrook, um, the first time through, like it didn't do the uh, choice I wanted it to make because my conviction wasn't good enough with everyone in my party, uh, so I had I blew up the dam. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to like sneak in. I was like, fuck. But the second time through the game, like, no matter what I picked, that I, I changed their mind on it. So there was no, like, fight. They're like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So I don't know if that has something to do with how much conviction you have in each each one of those three categories. And that helps sway. I'm sure it does. Yeah, from what I understand, it does. So, yeah, so the first, I mean, I don't know. It's very arbitrary, and you don't know, like, what you're picking. Like, you're just like, that sounds like what I would do. And I think that's what they wanted. Like, they're trying to make it seem like your choices have consequences or whatever. But, I don't know, just... Well, it didn't feel right to me as a player who's yeah. trying to make, like, my own story to restrict me uh, on two folds. Like, you have to use this conviction thing that you don't know what you're getting from it when you do it. And then also, that's tied into, like, influencing your compatriots on... Like what path action you want to take, which I don't understand because I'm the fucking leader of this goddamn place, so I should be able to choose what the fuck we're doing, whether or not anybody agrees with me or not. Like your advisors, I'm the leader. If I say we're gonna go give up these Roselle or whatever, or I say we're gonna give up Roland, or I say, yeah, we're not gonna help them uh, transport the salt because that's bullshit. I should be able to be like, all right, yeah, well, that's what we're doing. You don't like it, the fuck out. Um, so I don't know. I just I was just frustrated by. I don't want to say it's like the illusion of choice, but it's kind of like the illusion of choice to me, where like they give you these options, but your your hands are tied. 
which I guess still ties into the damn theme of the fucking game for, the, for at least the first playthrough where you don't have many options and you have to kind of just make the best of your, your circumstances, but I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Kyle, you anything else to add on that? I mean, I like the I like the system overall. I think the conviction system, but you're right, at the end of the day, besides the last pathway or choosing the golden route, one of the four ending choices, there wasn't a whole lot of difference no matter what you did. Like, each scenario would get you back to the same pathway no matter what. So it was... It was interesting playing through the first time, just trying to figure out what you were going to end with or which of the three paths you would veer towards more. Um, but really, the second playthrough was just like, I don't even care anymore. Give me the points for the characters, and let's just get through this shit already. Yeah, and the funny, I, thing, the funny thing is about... Well, I guess we'll get this to this more story, is that after you're... Like, when you go through the second playthrough, like, the, like everything still kind of happens the way it's supposed to happen. It doesn't matter which path you choose yeah there might be some variables but this person's gonna die at this place every time no matter what um or they're gonna die they're, they're still gonna die but just like in a different way or a different place or something to that to that effect so you're not really changing the story you're changing maybe like these some of these endpoints but uh it's kind of like a false choice you're really making it's like how you're just changing how you're experience the story, not changing the story, I would say. Yeah, we got Mass Effect 3 again. Yeah. It's the same thing. <laughs> yep. It's like, so like, I feel like, I'm thinking about it now, like, when we, as we're talking about this, and I wish that they would have based what ending you got off of your conviction choices through that path. And then on yep. New Game Plus, you get your conviction reset or something so that you're able to modify them so much that you take another path. Or I guess go off your highest conviction level or whatever and let, and let you change it some way because I feel like the choices you made would have been more impactful for the ending you got based on like your actual conviction because right. uh, yeah, correct, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong you can still just choose to go with whoever the fuck you want right like yeah. you can say oh I'm yeah. going to do liberty path or I'm going to do uh, morality path or I'm going to do uh, utility path It's but you're not, it, it, and you can go against your actual conviction reading and they should have just been like, okay, you were more moral this route. We're doing the moral path. This is the ending you're getting. Try again next time. Yeah. And that would have been more impactful to, I guess, the theme of the game. Like, you made these choices. And now you have, you actually have the, this is the repercussions of the choices you made. You can't just be like, I've been, I've been utilitarian this entire game, but now I'm going to be, uh, make a, mor a moral decision. Well, you're like, I don't uh, like the ending for the that path, so I'm just going to change it to, I don't want it to save the Roselle. I don't want to be the king or whatever. And you're like, yeah. So you can do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh well, <laughs> it's it's it is what it is. Uh... I guess we can go. I mean, there's anything else like uh, shops? Kind of went over that. There's only two different types of. Well, there's three shops really. Uh, there's like, like we said, there's the sundry shop where you can buy. Your, with your keep your kudos uh there's the upgrade shop uh where you can upgrade your weapon and character abilities and then there's just the regular shop uh which is lionel and you can buy there's a limited amount like hit point recovery stuff and uh there's some like uh i guess like the 
what are they called like the firestone ice stones like whatever it's like having magic combat items yeah combat items and there's like uh affliction cures you can buy and spices spices which kind of either uh Those are debuffs right buffs and debuffs basically yes there you go and then there, you can buy the accessories there so it's all this is all in one shop and then also the materials and then you can buy it. all this is all in your encampment and then every once in a while i'm not sure maybe it's like every three or four levels or chapters in the town you're in there's usually someone you can buy stuff from uh so you always want to try to like buy all the materials i would not like progress a chapter without buying the materials since they're so limited so then i would do like a whole bunch of mock battles to get money but you get money from battles too um i'm not sure what affects that uh certain mock battles have extra money like you get more money than other ones um but money is also hard to come by as well so you can definitely spend spend a lot of your money real quick also speaking of uh item drops we didn't touch on this but you have to actually pick up the item that's on the field with a character to get it uh which fucked me up the first like four maps because i was like i'm not getting any <laughs> materials what the fuck's going on because i was used to playing other games where like at the end of the the map just like oh yeah you this is the spoils you this is all the shit that was on the field right so i guess i, I should have paid more attention to that but it irritated me a little bit yep that was the thing too um also in your encampment you can talk to all your like uh recruited characters they kind of have a little couple different things they say every once in a while um, and then after you use them so many times in battle they'll have like updated to their stories where you'll see a little scene play out uh, I think that's that's about it on gameplay right I think so Kyle anything else to add or you, you got to no, I guess just in case, though, for the stuff that's laying on the ground, you can use abilities to jump over that stuff, or use, like, Picoletta's decoy. What do you mean? Oh, when the items drop on the ground, if you're having problems moving in them, you can use, like, Flanagan's Aerial Assault or oh, Hawk yeah. Dive and jump over to them, and that'll pick it up for you. Yeah, I definitely it's use like... Flanagan a lot to, like, move across the screen really far. He's, like, the most... He has the, probably the best... Uh way to get all the way across the screen no Besides... oh, so you just had to walk on it you didn't have to like stop on the tile right no fuck god damn it <laughs> teaching you a lot here <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> uh okay sometimes i just leave shit on the ground because i'm like that's so disadvantageous i'm not gonna get a stand over there fuck it yeah you but, have, hey. you have to walk through it or jump from that point like i would uh move uh, Flanning in there and then use his attack to like jump and kill someone so I could do it like usually he's my guy to pick shit up with because I wouldn't be wasting a turn moving him through there or by there or whatever so um yes yeah, I guess we can go with the ratings Kyle would you rate it uh if you have any likes or dislikes we didn't touch on yet uh no I mean overall I really did I enjoyed the gameplay for what it was, but it was just really kind of basic at the end of the day. I think they did a good job with it, but it just wasn't as tight as like a Tactics or like even an Ark the Lad or heck, even Mario vs. Rabbids, honestly. Um, I ended up giving it a 
Yeah, I'm gonna go 3.5 out of five on that one. Um, it's good. It's just not as not as deep as I'd like. Gotcha. Nick, what do you got? Uh, I'm kind of gonna echo his sentiments, um, sentiments, and say that it was. It's it's a. It made it a decent playable game. Um, it tried to do something that is different from uh, a lot of the other tactics teams out there. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think it did enough to make it enjoyable. Like, uh, I think you're restricted too much by the TP. I would have preferred some kind of uh, more traditional resource system as opposed to, like, the only way to get a TP is to wait a turn or have another character give them TP because that just... It's not fun to me. Like it's to me, uh, like fun gameplay is always propelling the uh, the player forward. Uh, and this gameplay led to a lot of dead time, like you said, where you just there's okay. I have, I have a character that can't do anything for a turn. Wonderful. Okay, so I'll just wait. Awesome. Yeah, and doesn't um, it doesn't help like items are, you know, limited, so you can't just be using items either. You don't want to waste an item. So yeah, like I, I. A lot of the times I like had this like dilemma where I was like, fuck, I have 10 healing items. Do I use one to prevent a character from dying? Or do I just say, fuck it, and restart the map? <laughs> because I'm stupid. Uh, and like, I don't want to spend 500 gold. I've only got 6,000 gold. I don't want to spend 500 on a fucking healing item. Uh, so it was a lot of personal uh, d- dilemmas and like stupid things that I... Uh, that I understand is stupid, but that I restrict myself to. So I, I don't know if I can blame the game too much because uh, it's, it's also one of the things where like I don't like using items because it's like, what if I need this later? Kind of thing. Right. But it just wasn't I guess fast-paced enough. Like I'm used to, in a tactics game, like dominating and being on the, the defensive most of the time was very unappealing. And uh, I... Although, like, a Final Fantasy Tactics game does not have, like, overfilled exploration, it's much the same as this one, where you go from, like, node to node on the world map. Um, Just the ability to free battle on the world map uh, would have been nice, instead of just doing the same structured mock battles over and over again. Because there's something uh, nice about going into a random encounter and not knowing what to expect, as opposed to being like, oh, let me fight these same six fucking mooks again with the same uh, like order, and I know exactly what they're going to do. Uh, I'm just, I'm literally just doing this to grind whatever the fuck, like, materials or experience or whatever I'm doing right now. Uh, yay. Okay. Uh, it took it took some of the fun out of it yep. for me. Like, I didn't feel super motivated to play this game, uh, as opposed to uh, other games like in 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 the same genre, I guess. So for me, uh, I'll give it a three. Okay, uh, I'm kind of like the same as everyone else. Where uh, this game is not bad; it's just not great. It's kind of good, uh, better. It's a little better than good. It's like you know, pretty well polished, and there's nothing like glitchy about it, I guess. Um, but the yeah it's just slow like there's no like i was saying before there's no dominating until like very very end game 
where you're all level 50 and then like your stats are like you know what's what pushing you over the edge um which i guess we didn't say that but 50 is a level cap um but yeah even when you do new game plus everyone still stays the same level as you so you feel like you know new game plus you're usually trying to you know you're not gonna you don't want to play the game all the way over again you want to kind of dominate it and see the stuff you didn't see and they definitely put like a wall there for you so uh yeah i mean we probably would have got this game done in two weeks instead of four if it wasn't for you know that and like uh it just you know some games are you want to come in and play and sometimes you're like yeah i could do a battle in this game but then i'm like i'm just i don't want to i don't want to think about it anymore <laughs> so i can't think that's kind of like a strike against it um but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of in the middle on it, so I'm I'm also gonna. I don't want to say it's just a three. It's a three point five, I guess. But it's kind of, you know, I'm giving it more than probably I should. But I don't know. Three, yeah, three point five. I liked it, but I didn't love it. Uh, some people might like the, this game or love this game. I like. I mean, I do like that they give everyone a like. Every character's a unique thing. Everyone's different for the most part. Um, but. That also takes away from, like, you designing, like, you know, usually get classes you can change people to or, you know, different things like that. Uh, so you kind of get stuck with the same people because that's what you're good at. And once you have a strategy with the same people, it's kind of hard to change that. So, I don't know. Uh, it's good, not great. So, three and a half. All right. So that brings us to our first musical break, and has now become tradition. Uh, it is going to be the main theme of the game, uh, and it's going to be, quote-unquote, Brent's pick. Uh, so, yes, the main theme of Triangle Strategy. Uh, it's called Our Path. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, that's the name of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Our Path. Here we go.
Alrighty, so that was our path. Story time. Everybody's favorite. Hope you have your fucking blankies and pillows and whatever, because it's nap time. <laughs> I like the story. Uh, I don't know what... Does a lot of people say they don't like it, or is it just based on, uh, on Blaine? Fucking Blaine. Blaine's yeah. bitch ass. Always telling me he's falling asleep and shit. I think uh, maybe Travis or whatever says it gets long-winded. I think there was also a review that said something about like it going on for fucking hours or something like that. So That's just our style. I mean, that's just how we do it. Yeah. I like that's what it is. I like Just to wait. dig into the story because, like, that's the interesting part. And whether it's discussing some of it, and I, I maybe we go too long on the actual plot points, but whatever. Yeah, it's better than it. it it's kind of better and worse than it used to be, I guess. I think when the fo- the show first started, it was like more like super just plot points, and now it's just kind of like, hey, this is the fucking story to the best of our ability. Not really the best of our ability, but. It's here's a plot dump. Here you go. Plot dump, and then we will say like, we'll go into why it's bad or why it's good. But yeah, we were kind of like let it leak a little bit. So obviously it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I see you guys both wrote uh, some synopsis here, so I'm going to read essentially the Wikipedia plot article because they have a nice concise thing here but if you guys want to add anything to it at any time just feel free okay yeah um so uh this game uh there was a huge war that was fought before the start of the the game called the salt iron war and so 30 years after that is where this game uh takes place i'm gonna stop you right already already (laughs) sorry I got, sure. I'm so aggravated by the motivations. Like they don't explain how iron or salt are so necessary in the society. They just make it like, hey, this is iron's important, salt's important. There's only two places you can get them. Believe it, because this is what this is what's driving the story. But they didn't make it a believable reason. Like there's no like good reason why it's so scarce. Like salt is scarce. Like I don't understand. Like what what's like you can live without salt. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. So you, that... you actually you can't. You can. You can't live without salt. You need it. It's the only uh, source of uh, sodium and chloride. But salt's in everything. Like I'm saying, like you don't need just like salt by itself. But you need to add salt to things. This world apparently there's no fucking salt in anything except the ground. <laughs> well, that's, so well, that's what I'm saying. you just have to believe. Let's say that, but that but anytime, it's like anytime that's the case, it's a bad, it's bad writing. Like you, you got to make me understand. And then, well, sure, it, yeah. it would have been more believable to be like, this is the only source of water in the world that we have trapped here, or something. That's like, because like you said, like salts, you can find salt in most things. So having like a, such a, a thing that's essential for life to be restricted somehow is it's super strange like because there's like there's salt like in the world now like there's salt everywhere but some people uh get like was it goiters or something from not having enough iodine or something so we have to supplement our salt with iodine like that could have been something they could have touched on instead of just being like yeah this is yeah this is the only source of salt in the world well the other thing is like when you think about it like if Iron, like, Esros is the only place that has iron. They would just kill everyone. Like, they could just take, like, everyone has sticks, I guess, at that point. Like, what else, if they don't have iron, you know, they could just 
destroy everyone with that doesn't have iron. Like, how are they making shields? How are they making armor? They, they can't without Esfrost. So they could just run over everyone. So they should, like, in the, if this is the case, they should just already dominate everybody. But Well, that's... Yeah. Sure, if you're a megalomaniac, but I feel like at some point there was a, a, a people, like societies, before they became nations or whatever, where everybody traded with each other because nobody wanted to like, kill each other and shit. And then, you know how it happens, people come into power, they're like, actually, I want to control everything, so we have control of this thing that's very important, and we're going to dominate everybody else. So, presumably, the iron and salt had spread at some point so that people, through trade, so people knew they existed, they hoarded hoarded the resource as much as they could or whatever and then they got to the point that they are at in the game where somebody wanted to control everything and yada yada um, also apparently this is like a small area of the world that's surrounded by where the fuck and nobody can leave so they're all kind of stuck here in this area because I think it's um, Hyzant has the control over salt and salt is used to preserve food and you couldn't leave without preserved food and since salt was in such short short supply people didn't want to waste salt on preserving food for treks to the great beyond or whatever well, the fuck the other thing uh frost doesn't need to worry about preserving food because they live in like a mountain area where it's always cold they could just make an ice box well sure but there's no salt in anything so they need the salt to live anyways yeah that's that's <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what took me out of it. Already. Like, in the very beginning, I'm like, what? Salt and iron? Like, but why? And they don't give, ever give you the why. Like, what? what's going on? So, like, it kind of takes you out of the story right from the start. At least it did for me. Okay. Anyways, go I, I personally didn't give a shit because I was like, whatever. I'm like, okay, this is their motivations and this is their, uh, damn, what's that thing? Uh, God damn it. It's the thing, you know, the thing, the random object in every story that doesn't matter. And it's like, oh, this is the, this is the thing. The red you know. herring. <laughs> well, no, like, it's a, it's like a thing. Like, it could be anything. Like, they could have substituted almost anything in this game oh, for sure. salt and iron. And it would have had, the, it's, the weight would have been the same. Like, like I said, it could have been water for the resource. And then it could have been, I don't fucking know, wood or something. Like, oh, we have the only trees. Like, okay. All right, whatever. Is it, you're talking it's about, still like you're the game would have progressed the same. You're talking about MacGuffin. Yes, MacGuffin. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right, so, 30 years after this war over MacGuffins, uh, <laughs> which was an all-out war between the three uh, nations of Glen, the Kingdom of Glenbrook, the Grand Duchy of Acefrost, and the Holy State of Hyzant, um, Glenbrook and Acefrost uh, open up a new mine called the Grand Norzalian Mine, and they cooperate with Hyzant uh, to kind of come to an uneasy alliance between the three nations in order to, I guess, uh, improve relations and uh, make sure everybody is getting everything they need and it's a fair trade and all this kind of crap. Um to further strengthen the alliance between Glenbrook and Acefrost because they are uh, everybody is so heavily reliant on Hyzant salts that there's a bit of a power disparity um, uh, there is a proposed marriage between Serenel Woolfort and, who is the heir to the Woolfort domain 
and subsequently House Wolfort, which is one of the three high houses of Glenbrook, uh, to Frederick Acefrost, who is the Princess of Acefrost, and sister of Gustadolf Acefrost, who is the Archduke of Acefrost. Did I say Acefrost enough? No, come on. Uh, yeah, I need to read more. <laughs> Uh, and they do the, they're doing this to ensure the cooperation between um, Glenbrook and Ace Frost is like solidified. Like there won't be any uh, backstabbings or anything like that. Um, but uh, during a routine investigation of the mines uh, that Gustadolf's cousin Dragan was put in charge of, um, assassins attack and kill Dragan uh, while Cerno is there, also just doing a um, inspection. And Gustadolf, and subsequently Ace Frost, uses this murder uh, as an excuse to accuse Glenbrook of murdering Dragan and using his death as a pretext to stage a uh, campaign against Glenbrook and invade its capital. Keep in mind that it was actually Gustadolf who ordered the assassination of Dragan. So this is just a ploy to... Uh, I guess start his domination of the le- local landmass. Yeah, they don't tell you why until the end, but it's pretty obvious why. I mean, they try to make it seem like it's a big reveal, like towards the end, but you're like, well, there's only two things that people care about, and it's salt and iron, and they already have iron. So what would make him that? You know, oh my God, this is a huge find, and. You know, obviously it's the salt. I mean, to me it was obvious. I don't know if you guys felt the same way or not. Yeah. I mean, right away I thought salt, but I was hoping there was something else. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think salt because I was like... I don't know. I was like, okay, it's something cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like a new new energy source or something because the guy get freaked the fuck out. I was like, oh, sweet. Like, because I... My brain would have been like, oh, he would have been like, oh, cool, some salt here. Awesome. Because like, I, I guess it had a... Had it registered at that point how important salt was? Because like I was just like, yeah, salt's fucking everywhere, right? Like you can eat salt and shit. But and, and then I hadn't come to the terms with no, <laughs> there's literally no salt in anything except the ground. Yet, so I was just like, okay, whatever. No, not even the ground. It. It's only in one part of the ground in the desert. Exactly, like that. That the fucking the slaves have to cultivate or whatever. So, the, yeah, for me, like, because they hadn't adequately explained, like, how exactly, like, I knew salt, salt was important, but I knew, didn't know that it was as important as, like, it's the most important thing in the world, apparently. So, them finding salt in the mine was a huge discovery. But to me, I was like, oh, cool, it's going to be some, like, cool mineral or whatever, something, something neat, something that's going to change the power dynamic. But it was just salt. It was like, oh, okay. But it does change the it does change the power dynamic because then Esfros doesn't need anything if they that's why they invade Glenbrook because then they control the mine then they have salt and then that you know oh for sure like it does but I just my assumption was that it was something else that would give them power to to, to further dominate not just right. Not remove power from Hyzan, I guess, which is it has a it's a similar outcome, but uh, it's just I guess a different method of doing it because I guess I'm too used to just things being more power, more power, more power, and, and less like remove power from another source and transfer it to somewhere else because uh, the salt being in a place other than Hyzan 
does multiple things, which I guess we will we can get into a little bit later. But it it, it provides salt to everybody, but also undermines the entire culture that hasn't has cultivated for however many years. So I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's a better plot point for it to be salt than anything else. But I just wasn't giving enough shit at that point in time to be like, oh, it's salt, obviously, I guess. Uh, maybe I wasn't like, I didn't know right away, but as we got more into the game, I'm like, it has to be salt. Like, why else would it? All... Like, at the, maybe at the point when it happened, I wasn't like, oh, it's salt. I was just like, oh, well, I wonder what it could be. But the more you get to the game through the game, you're like, if it's anything other than salt, it doesn't make any sense. You know, unless, yeah. Unless like it's like you said something like you didn't even have any idea about, and they just throw like a curveball at you. But nope, it was fastball right down the middle. Because normally in in like in stories or whatever, like they find something and it's something mystical, something nobody's seen before. So I was like, okay, well, but yeah. they don't ever tell you to. It's like the fucking the end of the game. Yeah. Well, you're thinking like the and, and everything. You're thinking of like Esper's and Final Fantasy VI or something like that. Like, yeah, that. Oh well, was... yeah, like something fucking cool. Like, yeah. oh shit, like a <laughs> something awesome that's gonna actually change like the landscape of the world. And it's like, it's just salt, which it does change the landscape of the world. But it's like, fuck, man, <laughs> yeah. this is so. Uh, just pedestrian, like it's just fucking salt. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, I think that's that's the other thing too. Like, you know, you're playing a game like this, and you want something like where the stakes are high, and it's kind of like everything is just more politically drama, like you know, like a TV episode more than a movie. You know what I mean? Like procedural and not like a big reveal type thing. Sure, but they could have succeeded in that, but it's not good political <laughs> drama like i like my favorite genre of fiction is political uh war so like i i mainly read a bunch of stuff about like politics and like all the back room like backstabbing shit that happens and like movements of uh armies on the field and stuff like that and i really enjoy that kind of stuff because it's usually really interesting like to see people's motivations but like when i complained earlier like you get the glimpses of the bad guys but they don't you don't get the actual motivations they're just like oh we're doing something bad he he and i'm like fuck off don't waste my time with this tell me what they're doing because i know i am the audience i'm not going to tell fucking sarah noah they're <laughs> not going to know by you telling me what they're doing right i want to know the motivations and the machinations of what's happening here and it's just, you find out like you find out eventually in the game because your characters get like fucking screwed all the time but it's like why are you giving me this window into the the bad guys without giving me any information? It's like looking through your neighbor's door or like your, your neighbor's window, but they got like a, a fucking blackout curtain on. It's like, okay, yeah, I could, cut, I could see kind of their house, I guess, but I'm not getting anything out of it. Right. I don't know. It just frustrated me to no end. I get it. You're like, oh, I clicked on that. I didn't have to click on that, but I did because I wanted more backstory, but it's just like, it's like obvious things, like you know, I'm sending this person not to to fight you because she's the strong, you know, Valor is the strong one. She's like, yeah, but I would have known that when I clicked on the main story, she uh, she would have been there, you know, and it would probably have been uh, more dramatic because you wouldn't know what's coming. But now I know she's gonna be there, so it's like when she shows up, you're like, oh, oh I already know she's coming. Yeah. Or even yeah. when like uh, earlier, like Gustavo's like, oh, I'm gonna marry Cordelia. And then, like, the next scene, like, the actual main story plot, it's like, oh, look, there's an announcement that Cordelia and Gustav are getting married. It's like, thanks for the redundant information. 
So like they're cutting off like so they're basically they're cutting their own story off at the knees by like showing you these side story like the sort the the story before the story. It's like it'd have been way more dramatic if you just that was just the scene. Like, hey, I'm marrying the yeah, you know, I'm marrying the princess, and you're like, oh fuck. But now you're like, yeah, Yuri told me that. Like, why why is this another thing now? Yeah, like like when Roland gets the news, he's like mad. But you've you've as a player already have had time to process this, so you're not able to share. Right. His frustrations. So, like, like you could have gotten the news and then the, done, like, five fucking mock battles or something, like, come back the next day, and then, like, you start the mission up, and it's like, oh, news, news, Gustav and Cordelia get married, and Roland's like, this is bullshit, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've known this for, like, fucking a couple days now. Like, whatever. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, they could have done a lot better. Anyway. <laughs> um... Mines, assault, uh, murder, assassination. Let's see. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, so, Gustav invades uh, Glenbrook's capital, and uh, Serenoa and his party are too late to stop Gustav from uh, assassinating King Ringna and Prince Franny and capturing Princess Cordelia. And they, uh, when they show up with Roland, uh, he's try he wants to fight them, obviously, and get revenge, but everybody's like, no, nah, no, nah, we gotta leave, so... I need another time, uh, need another time out to complain. Okay. Um, don't you think Glenbrook fell way too easily? Like, they were surrounded on, like, all sides, and no one knew it? You know what I mean? Like, didn't the... Yes. They had to go, like, they literally had to go past the other, like, the one, uh, the other house that was, like, in charge of uh, that area, they had to go through there. Like, they had to come from somewhere, and no one saw them. Well, the the or that yes, house Silvio gave them up. Yeah, but, on the north side, and then the south side guy tried to defend them, but got wrecked by the high Zant. Yeah, but the north side guy didn't say anything. Like, he doesn't even show a scene of him. Like, oh, they're marching. Let's see what happens. It just is like after everything happens, he's like, oh, they're getting attacked. Should we do anything? Like, what? Like, wouldn't he? Yeah. He should at least like send like a some kind of something to the king like hey they're marching on us or whatever. He betrays you though. I thought he betrays you. Because he 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 just takes you fight him later. In one yeah. of the but he just takes what the opportunities are given to him. Like at that point he's still in position of power. Like he would want to protect that because he doesn't know, you know. Well, he that he strikes me as the kind of person that is a sycophant. And will it only cares about his personal power. So he will align himself with anybody that he he thinks will give him or allow him to keep his position. So when he learned somehow that Glenbrook was already pretty much uh, conquered, he's not going to be like, I'm going to risk my life and my resources on a failed venture. I'm going to wait and just ally myself with Gustadolf and okay. keep everything I have and also potentially keep my position. Okay, let's say but, let's say that yeah. that's the case. He he gives them up. They still have the two other sides they get on, where they're going either by Serenora or they're going through the river on the other side. Someone's gonna see them, you know, and and yes, I do agree with you that some there should have been border guards or something. Yeah, and that no, that knew that a whole fucking army was coming. Right. And they just showed up to the capital and took over. Like there would have, there should have been something that happened. Like birds would have been sent out to the houses. Yeah, something would have happened. But yes, I do agree that they got 
captured way too quickly, and the only thing I can think of as an excuse, quote-unquote, would be they just had their celebration meeting, whatever that's called, like the, the whole meeting of all everybody, uh, and they all talked, and they talked about their, their future plans or whatever, and everybody was in a good mood, and so their guard was down, but that doesn't really explain, like, people not doing their jobs, I guess, like, yeah. Even, even as a, a nation that's at peace with everybody in the world, almost kind of whatever, right now, like America still has border patrol, and like Canada has border patrol, Mexico has border patrol. And if you see like, an army marching through from like California going to Washington D.C., you're not going to not say anything. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's like that's what it felt like. They they had to come from all sides. And so someone had to see something. Well, not necessarily. They could have just, uh, because it's a castle town, they just had to come from one area and surround the castle. Or they didn't even have to do that. They just walked through the fucking front gates, apparently, or whatever. So, uh, And, like, on the map, they're pretty close to the border of Ace Frost there, which I think is dumb to have your capital, like, right next to the border of a enemy nation. But then, the, but, that's the case, too, then. It's like, why haven't they just done that? Like, why go through this charade of the whole mining thing? They could just took over Glenbrook anytime. Well, there's no Pretty reason... Much. There's no reason to take over Glenbrook without the salt. Yeah, well, it's... they Then they own the pathway to the salt. I don't know, it's just... A lot of the, well, so, like... So, like, they had the iron, but they still needed... The Glenbrook was the nation that facilitated trade. They're the ones that made it, like, uh... Like, they controlled, like, whether or not people got taxed fairly or whatever the fuck. For some reason, Glenbrook was the one responsible for that. So, Ace Frost had the iron. They needed to work through the middleman. That's Glenbrook, for some reason, to work with Hyzant. I don't know why, but well, that's the way they worked. And then, so, Glenbrook when they found on, the... Glenbrook was the, on the river, though. That's why. Because the, the the fastest way is through the river. Oh, yeah, right? the river. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, when they found the salt... They're like, we don't need Hyzant anymore. We don't have to appease them, so let's just take over fucking Glenbrook. And that's the reason that they invaded Glenbrook, finally. Because if they had done that before, all they would have gotten is the, the river. And they already are using the river because they're going through Glenbrook. They might have gotten like a better, maybe a better deal on the salt or something, but it's, it's not worth the war cost at that point. But to have access to salt without having to deal with Hyzant is worth is invaluable. They will do whatever they want, they can to get that resource. And better yet, if nobody knows about it, that makes sense. It just it, it they fell way too easily, and everyone died. Like they're trying to make it dramatic, but you just didn't care about these people yet. Like, well, they also established that some of them were fucking assholes. So it's like, okay, I don't care if they die. Well, yeah, like the king's like uh, Franny or whatever. He's an asshole. Uh, the king was like letting Franny be an asshole. So you're like. I, I mean, you kind of get get that, but I don't know. It's just like I didn't care. And yeah, and you're both Silvio and Patriot, kind of just giving up on Glenbrook as everything's happening. Yeah. Yeah, definitely didn't foster the most reliable uh, subordinates. But besides Serenoa. <laughs> True. Well, that's because his dad was all whatever. Well, even in the war, his dad, uh, uh, Glenbrook, um, the Wolforts were opposed to Glenbrook. They allied with Hyzant, I think, or something. And the only reason uh, they are like a high house of Glenbrook is because the king 
and uh, Cerno's dad like actually sat down and were like, hey, we need to work together to stop this war. Here's what we got to do. And because of Cerno's dad, I wish I knew his fucking name, like helped stop the war. That's how they got the position of a high house. Or whatever. Apparently, there's lots of there's lots of background information in the, the shit you can buy from the sundries about whatever, which would have been nice to have like actually explained in the game, because that's the, that's inter that's interesting to me, like the old political like ties, how things worked, like that would have been a better game, just the Salt Iron War than this one, probably, but just in case his dad's name's Simon. Simon, that's right. Simon says. Simon. I don't know. Like they use a lot of alternate spellings for normal words, like well, Jalen's domain. Lord so. Simone, Lord Simone, both Simon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there'd be an A for Simone, but that's nitpicking. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So uh, everybody, the king gets killed. Uh, everybody flees with Roland, and uh, so this will make the first major choice uh, that you have to make as Sarah Noah. Um, I think. Well, actually, no. You make a choice before, and that's to go visit Ace Frost or go visit Hyzant for research or whatever. Um, but the first major choice that is quote unquote plot relevant, but it's really not, is whether you surrender Roland or you def uh, you keep him uh, with you. So uh, I guess I'll ask you guys what choices you made as we go through this, like the first time. Uh, for me, I I gave up Roland because I was like, fuck you, dude. I dug my heels in and I fought. I, I protected Roland. First time I saved him. Second time I gave him up. Yeah, I did the same. Uh, so, was there? I guess like a was there a huge difference because you guys? I'm presumably since you guys did both paths, did you notice like a big difference in the like how the story played out? No, with the, Roland, the story plays out the same. I guess you just lose Roland for a couple of chapters, but. You still get them back both times. Both doesn't matter which path you take. You still get them back. Yeah, it ends up being the same thing at the end of the day. The one he stays in jail for three, four chapters. The other one he's with you. I also didn't like how they spelled jail. G A O L. I was like, what the fuck? Are they, what the hell? Anyways, that that's old school medieval spelling or whatever. They use it in like Final Fantasy Tactics Advance as well. Yeah. Which confused me as a child because I was like, I don't know what the fuck this word is. <laughs> Jail? Jail? Yeah. Yeah, it's like get gal? All right. <laughs> I don't know what the fucking gal is, but all right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so regardless of what happens, like you guys said, Roland comes back to the Woolforts, and uh, even if you gave him up, he's like, oh, it's all cool, I understand. It, nothing really changes in their relationship. Well, I um, think in the, like, he he's the one that's for giving him up to save the people or whatever so he's like well yeah but then he gets pissed off because you, you gave him up I don't think he ever does. I don't think he ever gets pissed off because you gave him up I think he always understood I think other people get pissed off at you but that's right that's right um so when either Roland comes back or you keep him at a certain point Benedict's like well the only way to stop Ace Frost from trying to uh, get Roland is to kill him, so we'll fake his death, and uh, they do that, and everybody announces that Roland died, so Cordelia is now the only like ruling queen 
uh, left or the only uh, descendant of whatever the the rightful king rulers of Glenbrook left. So she has all the power. Um, and because there's so much fighting going on, all the and Wolfort has no access to uh, like any resources from anybody. Uh, they're running out of resources, and they try to make a plea from Hyzant for uh, resources. And one of the Saintly Seven members of sort of Hyzant, uh, Sourcely End, 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 every pronounce the name. Uh, he agrees to provide uh, resources uh, with the uh, catch that they must help him smuggle uh, salt uh, through the uh, illegal means because that's his like side business or whatever where he makes all his money. I don't think they tell him it's salt. They just they tell him he's got a package he has to deliver or something, right? Uh, yeah, but then you find out that it's salt. Yeah, and yeah. Somehow, before you even you, before you get the op. Hello, I think I lost you. Nick. Nope. Yes, yeah, the guy who's the salt, salt master of the Saintly Seven. Uh, what was that, Kevin? I, I lost you guys for a second there. Oh, uh, well, we've been fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, the, the recording might be fucked up, but the recording might. Be, what were you guys just saying? Sorry. Yeah, so um, the you know it's salt because it's from Sorsley of the Saintly Seven, who's the guy in charge of salt trading. Yeah, basically. And he's been fudging the books. Yeah. Which find out later. But yeah, you can either pick to go and do the thing or turn them in. Yeah. Um, so, regardless of what happens there, um, Hyzant places both Serenella and Sorcely on trial, and Sorcely is found guilty in the trial and is executed. Um, I don't know on the assault, uh, like if you agree to do the trafficking path, like how he gets executed, but on the... Um, that's investigating him path, you have to fight him to the death in an arena. Is that the same? No, that changes a little bit. No. Like, if you go and deliver the salt, uh, one of the other uh, saints, like, they feel like there's something fishy going on, and they do their own investigating, and they find uh, his book while you're going to Esfros to deliver it. So, he just gets killed right there. Like, oh, okay. He just gets stabbed right in front of you, like, because that's how they do justice there. Just fucking execute people, <laughs> just like that. Uh, he broke the cardinal rule of law, or whatever. Salt's the most important thing to Hyzant, or whatever. True. <laughs> um. Yep. So after Sorcely dies, uh, you are. You made a saint. Yes, you're kind of made a saint, um, but under the condition that you give up all the Roselle that are living under your protection, which were given protection by Simon uh, after the Salt Iron War. So wanna, now it becomes... Do you want to go through, like, the different uh, the different countries what, and how they're governed? Like, kind of maybe give back swear in that, or do you want to... Uh, yeah, sure, we can do that real quick. So uh, you have three kind of ruling styles, I guess, that kind of mirror the three convictions. You got utility, uh, which is merit-based society that is Ace Frost. 
Uh, and there, the leader is every everybody is given their position based on merit. I, ideally, quote unquote, because as you can see through Usadolf, there's lots of uh, like nepotism and shit going on. Um, but their society is uh, the smart, the hardworking, the people that produce uh, get put into good positions. Everybody else does not. Uh, then you have um, Glenbrook, which I guess, I don't know, would that be more utility? And Ace Frost would be Liberty? I don't really know. Uh, but uh, Glenbrook is the traditional uh, medieval lineage royalty kingdom fiefdom system based uh, place where the absolute ruler is the king. Uh, he's the one in charge. Uh, that he has his like underlings and uh, they go down all the way down to the peasants and that's the rule of law is the king is right everybody else does what the king says and then you have Hyzant, which is a similar kind of autocracy but it's religion centered and they have a uh i believe is what they call it who is the religious leader of the country and there are seven uh like governors i guess i would say uh that are in charge of their own prospective uh government thing uh like you've got a guy that's the salt trade guy you've got a guy that's in charge of like keeping the peace and then uh somebody else is in charge of like uh research and development and stuff like that and uh in Hyzant, religion is law and if you violate the religion, uh, you get executed. And there's also a system that they have there where I don't know if it's like something that actually happened in the history or if it more just made up religious bullshit uh, for the Roselle being slaves. Is that like legit? Do you guys know? Or is that just like a thing that the Hierophant made up because they don't? They figured they could take this one group of people and make slaves out of them. Well, originally the uh, what were the redheads named again? Roselle. 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 Yeah, the Roselle uh, brought salt. They're the ones that discovered the salt, and then uh, they were trying to give it to everyone, but Hyzant wanted to control it, so they made it a religion. And because they're the ones that knew about it, they made them the slaves and basically gave them no power and said that the goddess. You know, condemn them so that way they can control them, and then they brainwashed them so that way, you know, everyone that kind of grew up in the system thought that they were, you know, paying for their sins. But really, it's just a way to control them because if you pick one of the other endings or one of the endings, like you go to where the Roselle originally came from, that whole huge pillar of salt is like I think they brought it or, or like that was their gift to everyone. Um, so yeah, they it was just all bullshit. All right. Uh, uh, yep. So, because Sorcerer's dead, Sternovic is given a temporary position as uh, one of the Saint and Seven, but he's got to uh, return the Roselle that were placed under his house of protection back to slavery. Yes. Yeah, so uh, a, a off group of Roselle did break out uh, from uh, the high, like from the desert town, and they made it to. Uh, Glenbrook and then yeah, uh, Simon said that or he protected them. I think that's part of the reason he broke away from Glenbrook too. Uh, for one point, um, 
but that's where uh, Frederica's mom comes from. So that's how. Yeah, but she got she fled to Ace Frost though. Well, not first. So... She well, she was in that she was in that original town first, where you go. Uh, that's why you find that salt diamond there or that salt crystal. That she brought. Oh, okay. Both technically correct. Wait, what? You're both technically oh, yeah. correct. She yeah. was there first, and then then she makes her way to Ace Frost. They don't. I don't know. If yep. They, She's a she's a consort or whatever of the ruler, the Archduke. Archduke. I don't know. If she went there to get more, like she went there for the library to get more knowledge, and then fell in love with the duke or whatever, and then had the baby. But <clears throat> yeah, good. Um, what the hell was I saying? <laughs> um, After you yeah. So choices to get rid of to protect the protect Rosetta or get rid of them. Oh yeah. And uh. So, regardless of what you choose, uh, Serenoda is officially appointed to the position of the Saintly Seven, and at this point, Roland reveals himself to the Saintly Seven and implores them to side with House Wolfort to help him drive Ace Frost from Glenbrook. Yeah, because he, he was wearing that mask so no one could tell who he was. Yeah, uh, of Don, the Don Guard. Yeah. Also, there's also multiple points in this game that uh, where you you can do things like uh, if you go to uh, the salt, if you do the salt thing and you go to Ace Frost, you can have uh, Roland reveal himself to uh, Dragon's dad and appeal him to him for help. Yeah, you have, to do, you have to do that to get the gold. That's one of the things you have to do to get the golden route. And there's like a, there's lots of little things kind of spread through the different chapters uh, that will influence the Golden Route ending. Uh, but it's one of those things where you have to know which ones to do and which ones not to do and do them all right yeah, so in order if to take you, if you this route. If you don't give up uh, Roland, uh, you have to do a battle in your uh, in your hometown there. And if there's like these secret uh, uh, posts that like basically set the ground on fire and kill everyone but they set all the houses on fire too so you can take out all the enemies but they also like destroy the, the town well if you use one you can't uh, get on the golden path so you either have to not use them all or give Roland away so it's another one of those choices so that's like an interesting thing I guess to add but it kind of sucks well, because, well, because I know what you're doing. if you use them earlier, that kind of takes away the surprise, and you need them for that uh, golden path uh, to defend the town later on. So yeah, I mean, it also doesn't help that you burn your fucking town down. So well, I didn't even. There's one of them where there's no houses, and I used that one. And I was like, really? Oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck? They still act like I burnt the whole town down. I was pissed. I was like, there's no houses there. That's just where the the you know the food carts were. <laughs> You could easily just put the food carts back, but okay. Yeah. I understand why they did, because for plot convenience or whatever, but... Right. It would be nice. One day we'll get there, where you can do little, very specific things, and it would change the story in very specific ways and whatever. I feel like there's a game that does... Or some games do that with, like, the environment. Like, if you interact with things in the environment in a certain way, they'll show up, like properly in cutscenes or whatever, but like they don't actually have any impact on the plot or whatever. Right. Unfortunately. 
Uh, yeah, so, uh, regardless of what happens, you, uh, plead for Hyzan for help. Um, and, uh, Serena is able to convince Idor and Exarm, which are two of the other saintly sevens, uh, to help Roland free Glenbrook. Um, and through this, Exarm promises Serena the full force of the Hyzantian army, as well as a single piece of Hyzant's newest weapon, uh, which is an explosive crystal known as Elfric. And I believe, uh, depending on what you did earlier in the game, like what paths you chose, uh, Exarm uses this stone in Glenbrook. Uh, because there's like a big flash and everybody's like, whoa, what the hell is that? So they don't really explain what it is yet. Uh, Exarm just says, oh yeah, it's a new weapon kind of thing. Yeah, if you fight um, them in the if you fight them at first, then they'll use that on your town and take over your town. And then, yeah. then they'll give it back to you and be like, uh, you're under our control now or if you want your town back, you gotta do this thing for me or something like that. So. Yeah, that's what I that's the path I went. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh Edor does not truly uh fully trust House Wolfort, so she sends one of her or one of his agents uh, who's a dancer named Milo or Milo uh, as a spy under the guise of an ally with Serenoa. And Serenoa and his group take back the capital with the help of Hyzant and they kill Gusudolf's siblings, Erika and Talas, who are shown repeatedly throughout the game to be pieces of shit. Um, however, during the fighting, Princess Cordelia is gravely wounded and uh, Roland is installed as the king of Glenbrook. Now, with Roland as king, Serenoa, Roland, and Fre Frederica and Benedict uh, have to go about trying to rebuild the kingdom. And this is where you make your uh, ending decisions. Um, you can choose to either go with Roland, you can choose to go with Frederica, or you can choose to go with Benedict. Or if you did the Golden Path, I believe uh, Serenoa throws away the skills of conviction and says, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want now, finally. Right, yep. Yeah. Basically, yeah. that's what he does. And you do, it's like, hey, how can I do this? And he's like, oh, I'll do all the things. And that's basically like the golden path is you do, like uh, Roland has does goes up to Esfrost, uh, Federica goes to Hyzant, uh, and you stay and defend your town with, uh, what's his face? Um, Benedict. Yeah, Benedict. So... <clears throat> You still, and then you're basically split your your party into into thirds, and so hopefully you have enough people recruited by that point where, because uh, it's like ten, ten, and ten, and I only had like twenty eight on my golden pass, so I was missing two. Because to get everyone, you have to like beat the game four times, so it's stupid. <clears throat> but um, uh, yeah, you, it's basically like all the endings combined uh, for the fights. You have to do all those fights, and there's one final fight. For the for the golden path where you've beat the high ant and his you know fake gods and stuff so um so to kind of give a rundown of the three paths that are that most people will have to choose from um if you pick roland's path uh he's met with the cruel reality of being king and he executes the royalists for misappropriating reconstruction funds and he realizes the corruption present in the court um, 
Oh no, this is where you. This is before that. So this is where you can choose like which three. Uh, before you, I guess, make the big decision, you have to choose uh, where you want to spend your like last days or whatever, right? Oh yeah. You want to help out. So if you help out Roland, you see him executing royalists. If you go to your home, uh, Simon hosts a feast to celebrate the liberation of Glenbrook, and midway through, he's assassinated by Patriot. And uh, if you went with uh, Benedict to the castle, uh, Simon also reveals to Sarah Noah that he's not actually a Woolfort. He's actually King Regna's illegitimate son who was secretly adopted by the Woolfort family uh, to cover up the scandal uh, as he dies in your arms. Um, and if you don't go, somehow uh, Benedict reveals this to Sarah Noah at a later point. Yeah, he just comes then, into your room or whatever. Let you know. After yeah. Simon dies. Yeah. Because uh, then the other thing is if you'll go and save the freaking Roselle again with Frederick. Yeah. Uh, Frederick discovers a diary written by the Roselle natives stating that Hyzant is using their religion to cover up uh, the fact that Roselians knew of salt outside the source. And then they suppress the Roselle at the source to ensure that uh, the knowledge doesn't get out. Yeah. So. That was her mom that. Whatever. What's that? That was her mom that wrote that book. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, when the party reunites, they share their knowledge with Sarah Noah, and they hear that the, the Grand Rosalian mines are being destroyed, and they run over to investigate it. In the resulting carnage, they discover that the mines are actually a salt mine, confirming the Rosalian native's diary and exposing the fact that there are salt sources outside of the source. Uh, however, the spy... Uh, Milo, Milo hears of this and reveals this to Hyzant, who sends an army to Castle Warfort to apply pressure on Saranoa. Uh, and this is when you make the big decision. So, uh, Roland advocates giving up the mines to Hyzant and have Glenbrook surrender to Hyzant and use the Hyzantian uh, army to destroy Ace Frost and avenge his family. Benedict says, nah, fuck that. Uh, we'll surrender the mines to Ice Frost We'll get rid of Roland and install Serena as king because he's actually uh, the, the legitimate king or whatever. And they'll establish an alliance with Ace Frost to conquer Hyzant and break over the hold it has over Salt for good. Frederica's like, well, uh, all I care about is Rosalians, so we need to help liberate the Rosalians that are enslaved and bring them back to their homeland of Centralia, which the location was revealed uh, via the diary she found. And so if um, Serenoa allies with Roland, uh, Frederica breaks up with Serenoa and leaves and accuses the party of forsaking her people. And uh, Glen uh, Roland does what he says he's going to do. He surrenders Glenbrook and his kingship to Hyzant. Uh, and in, re in response, Roland is also promoted to a saintly seven position. And working together with Hyzant, Serenoa and Roland are able to conquer Ace Frost and kill Gusadolf and other highly ranked Ace Frosty officers and burn down the greatest source of knowledge that anybody knows about, uh, which is the Ace Frosty archives, to erase any conflicting history. Norzella becomes unified under Hyzant's banner, and for everybody that's loyal to Hyzant, uh, salt is plentiful and everybody has plenty to eat. However, Rosalians are still enslaved, and anybody that speaks out against Hyzant uh, is ruthlessly suppressed. Uh, you find out that Frederica became a traveling nun, and she's trying to spread the truth about Hyzant's corruption to anybody uh, that will listen. 
However, if Serenoa allies with uh, Benedict, uh, Benedict reveals uh, to Roland Serenoa's heritage. In response, Serena, uh, Roland abandons the party, claiming he can never work with people that murdered his family and abdicates the throne. Uh, Serenoa becomes king, and he officially weds Frederica, who becomes queen, and they establish an alliance with Age Frost. Working with Ace Frost, uh, Serenoa and Benedict conquer all of Hyzant and expose the religion as false and force uh, Idor into hiding. With the uh, salt monopoly broken and more sources of salt being discovered, Serenoa leads Roselia into an age of peace and prosperity. Uh, with Benedict controlling his every move, Serenoa adopts Isidolf's approach to ruling, and thus, although the Rosella freed, they are left to rot uh, because they are poor unfortunate and that's the way it works yeah there's uh, the, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer type society basically yeah and uh also because of the salt uh the salt trade is now uncontrolled like you said it leads to massive wealth disparity the rich get richer poor get poorer and roland uh who is in hiding actually joins with idor to form a resistance movement and promises to help uh the all the poor people that Serenoa has been ignoring, and the ending implies that there's going to be another civil war. Um, if Serenoa allies with Frederica, Benedict abandons everybody and says that it's against his uh, convictions and his ethos to abandon House Wolfort. Uh, Serenoa pretty much gives up all power, and he leads a uh, raid to into Hyzant with Frederica, to instigate a slave revolt to free the, the Roselians at the source, and he kills everybody that's in the Saint and Seven all, along the way. Uh, he then leads the Roselians to Roselia's southern edge to enter Centralia, but uh, Edor and his forces pursue. Serenoa sacrifices himself to kill Edor and ensure that nobody can pursue the Roselians. Uh, Frederica and Roland then lead the Roselians to Centralia, where they're able to build a new home for themselves in secret and uh, Serenoa's actions and death have caused a massive power vacuum in Rosalia as numerous civil wars break out among the three nations. Benedict decides to join Gusadolf on the condition that he be allowed to rule House Wolfort's lands as an independent region, and it is implied that eventually Aethrost takes over the entirety of Rosalia. Lastly, uh, the Golden Route. If uh, you did everything right, uh, you can unlock the fourth ending, where uh, Serenoa uh, yells at his party members for creating discord among the party and says that he's going to make a new plan by himself that satisfies everybody. Um, the Ace Frosty General Evlora and the Hyzantian spy uh, Milo both completely defect from their home states to join House Wolfort. Uh, so I haven't done this. Like, how does that go about? Does Serenella just be like, hey, I'm going to do everything right? And they're just like, okay, cool. Yeah. Milo joins after Simon gets stabbed, honestly, so it's just kind of written in already, and then um, Alvora comes back. Um, she just shows back uh, up in your, in your tent. She's like, I need to talk, yeah. to, I need to, talk to Serenoa. Uh, I'm still alive, and I want to... Because she made all those uh, promises to... Uh, what was the prince? Cordelia, is it Cordelia the princess? Cordelia, yeah. yeah. She made all those promises to the princess, so she's here to fulfill them, blah, 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 since she joined you. So, it just kind of happens. It just kind of happens. She literally yeah, she shows, up your, shows up at your front door. Uh, they're like, whoa, Avlora. Uh, 
don't kill us. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm here to join you. So, okay, yeah. that works. Um, so at this point, Serenoa Noah splits his party into three groups. Uh, like you said, one party defends against Tyzant, and that's led by Benedict. One attempts to recruit Zvarog, which is Dragon's dad, to into their cause and kill Kustadov. That person, that group's led by Roland. And there's another person that causes instability in Hyzant through a resilient revolt led by Frederica. Um, once everybody gets back together, Cerno sacks the Hyzantian capital and causes uh, Lila, this craft of the saintless heaven, to defect. And together they expose Hyzant's religion as false and destroy the holy state entirely. Uh, Cerno is able to lay a plan to form a union of independent regions with free trade and equal representation, all under Glenbrook rule. Um, Roland elects Svarog, Lila, and Saranoa to lead these regions. Uh, with both the source under his control and new salts deposits being discovered uh, regularly, salt is distributed equally, ushering in an unprecedented golden age of peace to Norzelia. And in order to mark this new age of unity, uh, Saranoa and Frederica finally get married. And that's all the endings. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, likes and dislikes. Kevin? <laughs> uh, the story is very contrived. Uh, things are not... They don't really flow as great uh, as other things I've played or watched or, you know, enjoyed. Um, there's a lot of things that just take you out of it, like I already kind of brought up about uh, S-Frost invading and uh, how they just took over real quick and the whole salt iron thing that make like the motivations like didn't make much sense um the characters like we kind of touch on this as well like are, are all pretty much one note and stay the same there's not like a lot of things that change about them really um i mean i guess the prince kind of becomes a king uh roland becomes like but it's not anything you haven't seen before you know it's not like I didn't see that one coming. Like, everything is kind of, like, on rails, I would say. Like, there's nothing that kind of... Everything just kind of plays it safe, I guess. Even though they do kill... Like, they kill a bunch of people in the beginning to kind of, like, give you this shock. Like, oh, they're going to kill a bunch of people. But really, they that's kind of, like, that's it. They don't really... There's not... And there's no way to kind of, like, like to say... Like, I wish there would have been, like, a version of the game where you can kind of save all that from happening. But I don't know. Um, I don't know, I just, I, it was okay, the story, I mean, it was fine, uh, it, it is complex, there's, there's, there's different paths you can take, and there's different things that happen, but it all kind of is on the same path at the end of the day, um, I think it's, it's just okay, I, I will give it, I'm gonna give it a two and a half, just because of the plot holes, that kind of like, or things that take me out of the immersion, like it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, a, I wish things would be more believable within the world that they've built, but sometimes it just doesn't make sense to me. So, uh, Kyle, how do you feel about it? Yeah. So, overall, the story it was okay. Um, it really, at the end of the day, it was nice using the scales to sway choices, but everything that you did kind of ended up in the same pathway no matter what besides the chapter 15 choice where you can split into four so it it was fun but it was kind of the illusion of choice that made it a little less 
um, of a score at the end of the day on my second run through. Um, I like that you could switch between everything. Honestly, it was nice. If you chose a lot of morality right off the bat, you didn't have to end with that route. So it was it was nice that you could just pick what Serenoa or you wanted to do as a character and just move forward with that without having too much difficulty um, going between. The side stories for the other characters were pretty trash, honestly. Um, it would have been nice if they gave you some sort of side quests or battle or something to make them memorable but like honestly thinking back on it i could maybe tell you the side stories of three of the i don't know 10 or 12 side characters um i did like at the end that you kind of just threw away the scales of conviction to get the golden run that was a nice stretch or like different um idea that i didn't think they were going to do and I'd say that was probably the best part of playing the true ending. But honestly, on my second run through, I skipped through half the dialogue just with, you know, the fast motion holding the R button or whatever it was. Um, so it was it was OK. It, it was I think you said it best earlier in the pre-show. It was um, like a mile wide, but an inch deep. Yeah. OK, what's your score then? I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. Okay. Uh, so I'm right there with you on the 3. Uh, like like I said, pre-show. Uh, a lot to the lore, but not a lot to like the story. So, um, like that works well for like a, like a quick like prequel kind of game, but not so much for like an actual full-fledged game, right? So... Um, for me, I felt that it was, before I started the game, everybody's complaints was that there was too much dialogue. And I was like, oh no, there's nothing wrong with too much dialogue. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't add the but, but it has to be good dialogue. So unfortunately, uh, a lot of this stuff was very surface level. Nothing too deep, nothing like they have the uh, the whole concept of like morality, utility, liberation or liberty, but they don't explore the concepts that well in the game. It's just like a means to an end uh, for the choice system. And uh, like they they kind of like harp on the topics. like it's obvious uh, that Frederica is all about liberty because her people are enslaved. and it's like that's so that's so on the nose. Like, it's like, okay, <laughs> I'm not, there's nothing nuanced here, nothing to really learn from, uh, like, there's no morals to learn from anything that happened in the plot. Like, bad stuff happens, but it's, like, so over the, uh, like, they beat you over the head with it. Like, oh, yeah, slavery bad, slavery bad. Like, everybody knows slavery bad, yes. Okay, but do you have anything else to say about it, or are you just saying slavery bad? Because it's, it's a known thing, yes. Um, and then, like, uh, touting the... The positives and negatives of like a utilitarian or a merit meritocracy, and uh, like the good and bads of a like a kingdom-based system or the religious-based uh, ruling system. Like, okay, these are things that have been talked about before, but they don't really add anything new to the conversation. Um, as we said before, none of the characters are particularly uh, engrossing. You don't really get attached to anybody, and. Uh, on the flip side, like I know I'm shit on it a lot. Like it's it's an okay game. Um, 
it almost feels like to me a mobile game. I don't know if you, if anybody, if either of you all have played a lot of like uh, mobile games, but you can pretty much skip the story and all those and just play the game. And it felt like this one, where like I didn't really need to know what was happening in the game. Like I still read everything because that's I'm not going to just skip the fucking story and shit. But uh, between chapters, I don't really, I didn't really feel like anything mattered about what was happening into the story because they give you the choices, but you don't actually have. Uh, and if, like you know, the choices you make don't have an effect on the story really. So, uh, compared to something like I, I know I keep comparing it, but like tactics. So like Final Fantasy Tactics, like there's a plot, and it's an engrossing plot because uh, stuff is happening to characters that you've become invested in, and they have uh, like motivations that aren't, uh, I guess, just given to them. Like comparing Ramza to Saranoa. So now it just kind of like, what like gets uh, everything handed to him. He's like, oh yeah, my dad's dying, so now I'm the ruler of Wolfort, whatever. Uh, and my best friend is the prince of the kingdom, so I have that uh, going for me. And oh, I just conveniently am getting married to a princess of another country. Wonderful. Uh, all my uh, people like me in my kingdom. Uh, everybody knows my name. Uh, things are going great. But, like, Roms is, like, he's the, like, fourth, like, the youngest kid of some war hero. His brothers treat him like shit. His dad dies. He doesn't get anything except more shit from his brothers. Uh, his best friend's a peasant who gets betrayed by his uh, his brothers and uh, the, the, the royal class. Uh, so you really see the dichotomy there of the actual, uh, like, how the nobility thinks of the peasants as trash, like, as literal trash, and they show it by killing this girl because she's in the way of the guy they're trying to kill and shit like that. And, like, that's just the first chapter. And there's so much more weight to yeah. the things that happen in, in the plot as opposed to this one. Like, people die in this, like you said, but it doesn't... Like, who gives a fuck? Like... Right. <laughs> like... Like, when Ram's dad dies, like, Paul Bain's eyes, like, you don't know anything about him yet, or whatever, and it's like, okay, nobody cares, but they don't try to make it out as, like, some sad thing. Right. Where, like, I don't think anybody in the game, in Final Fantasy Tactics, talks about Paul Bain's ever again. Like, maybe there's, like, a mention to him, being like, yeah, our dad was a like, war hero, or whatever, but they don't, like, try to bring it up. Uh, but, like, they make that a central focus for Roland for a, a large por point of the, uh, portion of the story, um, and then they drop it. Like it becomes unimportant. Yep. And so it's just <sighs> it's just it up blew the plot and that's you can it's like very thinly veiled. It's like there's no meaning behind this. This is just a gear in the car like in the machine of the story. Um and it's you know, most the good the good games like, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics is one of the best that does it, if not the best, uh that you you don't see the strings they're pulling you know what i mean like they it's good storytelling and they show you they don't tell you a lot of these things a lot of, the, a lot of this game is more tell than show you know what i mean yeah and that, i think that's where the this the the story breaks down uh i mean it, t final fantasy tactics is undefeated on this type of shit you know like the gameplay and the game and the story i mean it's hard it's, it, i'm i'm waiting for the day that there's something at least you know on the level you know, it's like yeah. everything, everything's like 
Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics is tier one, and maybe Ogre Battle is tier two, and then like everything else is below that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it is kind of unfair comparing like this to that, but also like that that game came out twenty fucking years ago. Yeah, and this is like the this is still the kind of the quality of stuff we're getting. And like I'm not saying that these people aren't trying. Like they definitely it definitely feels like this game had care put into it. Yes, but it's not the same quality level. Maybe that's and uh, maybe that's like a budget thing or something, or uh, they just don't have people with that kind of talent. Because I guess maybe it's like a a culture thing, or um, like in the video game development sphere, where that's become a like a dream job for people, and they get into it, and they're not particularly talented, but it's something they want to do or whatever. And I guess maybe I'm being an asshole, but <laughs> <laughs> like you have a like nowadays, we have so many games uh, to choose from. Right. Whereas twenty years ago, or like thirty years ago, like there was less of a variety, and I guess more. The the the, I don't want to say there was more quality because there's definitely really quality games, and then there were really fucking shit games, which is how it is nowadays. But I guess it felt more. I think it's today is more watered down, and more of the talent was condensed into you know, different studios more, and I think there's a lot more out there, and I think uh, it hasn't caught up, because the, vi- the very, very good games are, like, very, very few and far between compared to as many games as there are out there, because, like, you know, yeah. you know Super Nintendo, I mean, there's still games we love playing from Super Nintendo, and, you know, PlayStation 4 or 5, how many of those RPGs are, like, you, you can think off the top of your head? And maybe that's just because that's when we're growing up and that's what we remember better, but I don't know. I feel like the the quality of games has gone down, or at least the story. I guess the gameplay is great or good, but the stories are kind of like not there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it could be a thing we're jaded, possibly, but it also could be uh, like a corporate focus on visuals or like making sure it looks good and that will uh, draw people in because they're trying to ultimately try to sell a product i mean um, we have played so many like we it's hard for us to i think maybe it's kind of biased because we have such of a selection in our brain to kind of go off of and we know what's good and we know what's bad and we know what's middling and yeah and some people this might be great but that's just because you know they haven't t- tried everything yet. They haven't played all sure. the games, so I don't know. It's I feel like yeah, it's kind of us, but it's kind of them too. Like we we have high expectations, but like we're not saying this game is bad. We're, I think we're just. Oh no, it's no Pure Solar. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> we're just disappointed in that. Like we had the feeling that it could be great, and it's just it's just okay. It's good. Yeah, so. I can agree with that. A lot of missed potential, but. Thumbs the breaks. Yeah. Uh, anything y'all wanted to add about the story before we move on? Oh, uh, I... oh good. Yeah, I guess real quick for the true ending, like how lame was it that it was just an automaton behind the curtain? Oh, I knew that was what it was. I right. Knew, I yeah. knew it was not like I thought he was just. I didn't think there was anything behind the curtain. I thought it was just him like pretending there was someone there, uh, but. I mean, that basically is what it was. He just made a, a puppet and then made the puppet come to life, which there's another uh, um, 
MacGuffin thing where it's like, yeah, this magic rock, I use the power from it to become God, but they don't explain it because they can't. So yeah, I don't like that kind of deus ex machina shit where it's just like, yep, uh, this is all powerful because we say it is like that. Maybe that would have been what the war was about. Like they figured that out and then to stop that. But no, it's not. Yeah, I, thought, agree. I thought maybe the hierophant was just a corpse, like a desiccated corpse, because only the one person kept looking behind the curtain. So I was like, oh, it's a rope, a little robot thing. Okay. That would have been better. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like that's a little too dark for the, the, the thing that we're going for, though. Yeah. True. Uh, well, the only other thing I was going to say is, like, like, I mentioned this earlier, but I hate when they give you all these other, like, they look or they are interesting characters, but they don't affect the story at all. It's like, give me, like, no-name people then. Like, either give me no-namers that I can just, you know, have in my party and they're more powerful, or give me individual characters that have, you know, that are interesting and make them part of the story. I hate when it's, like, one or the other. And, you know, it shouldn't have been, like, you get these characters because of what choice, like the points you get in whatever liberty or whatever it is. It should be like you get this character because that's the story path you're on, and that way it adds to the story instead of just like they're there. So yeah, that would have been a more traditional route, and I feel like it would have been better. But I also I feel like the game's like trapped by its. Uh... The system that it chose to employ for the three, uh, god damn it, forgot the name of the shit already. <laughs> the uh, the c word, god damn it. Conviction. Uh, yes, the conviction. Thank you. Uh, it's it's trapped by the conviction, where it's one of those things where somebody had the idea of this, and somebody's like, oh, that's a pretty good idea, but uh, instead of like doing like a less is more approach, they entwined a lot of the systems into this, which made a lot of restrictions. That they had to kind of work around, uh, like, like you said, um, having characters join you through the plot feels more natural, and you can, it gives you more opportunities to tie them into the plot, and, and use them as characters as opposed to just being uh, pawns on a chessboard. Right. Uh, like, they're all, they have they have character quote unquote, but they don't have any relevance to anything in the story. Like, they, you, you have your main eight characters or nine characters or whatever, and they are the only characters that have anything to do with the story. And everybody else is just kind of there. Which is unfortunate. Besides Elvora, like, at the, like, because that's the final path, she has to be on that path. She does, like... And it's not even a lot, though. It's just, like, very minimal that she's, like, there at the end of the... Uh, in the ending, or she says a couple things, but... It's not. It's not much. Yeah. So. Oh well, that's uh, that's story time over with. I hope uh, everybody had a good nap. And now uh, we're gonna do another musical break. Uh, this one is my pick. It is a combat theme called Resistance.
Okay, visuals. Does anybody want to talk about this first, or I can go on to it? I don't mind. Uh, I can go ahead and do it. Sure. Uh, what'd you say is like more 16 bit or 32 bit? Like pixel uh, characters. Uh, I don't know. Let me Google it. <laughs> well, I think, I guess it's more, it's somewhere between 16 and 32 where it, it's got a Super Nintendo feel, but it could also be like PlayStation 1 at the same time, like kind of like Breath of Fiery ish. Uh, the characters like i think the the sprites um they all did a really good job of everyone looks unique uh even like the you know you have your your, your random you know characters that all all kind of have their own look to them as well um but you have your mage is you know your mage looks like a mage or your your heavy looks like a heavy um your thief looks like a thief but they all have like their own costume from whatever country they're from which is kind of cool like i like that um i like you know the colors are all good the the world map or like whatever stage you're on it's all like really well done a lot of detail uh i don't know, i think it looks I think it looks great um i put on here like the characters the, you know, their outfits change or their weapons change when you upgraded them. So I like when they do that kind of stuff, That those, de those details. Uh, you know, the spells or the animations, um, they look pretty good. Uh, the Dawn Spear, when he has his little, uh, his, his you know, final attack looks pretty badass. Uh, you know, the, besides the human characters, I don't know, like the, the monster characters aren't, I don't know, there are nothing that great to write home about. There wasn't that many anyway. Um, I don't know. What What do you think, Nick? Uh, well, I think it's 32-bit. 32. -bit. 32. Um, <laughs> I, like the, uh, I like the pixel art. I'm a huge fan of pixel art, and I thought everybody looked good. Um, it didn't get kind of tiring seeing the same like enemies to fight all the time. Over and over again, but oh, that's... I know something else to add. Sorry, uh, you know when you upgrade your character, like on the main, like the regular screen, they don't, they don't, they stay their old, like original look, which is kind of yeah. off-putting to me. Like, you know, you're you're fighting like battles and battles with these guys, and then you go through the story, and it's like they don't look the same anymore. You're like, what, what the fuck? Like, why can't they just keep them what they are? Because like some of these characters, like their whole, like there's this archer you get, and when you first get him, he doesn't have a hood. And like the second two upgrades, he gets a hood, and you're like, I don't know, it just it's, it's weird when he's just standing there without the hood, or when it's, when they do his like little story parts, it's like his original costume. So I don't understand why they did that, but uh, uh, go, go ahead, keep going. I agree. It's definitely a little off-putting to give you a, a visual update, but then not actually apply it across the board. Yeah, it's like I don't look at this character enough to whatever it's i don't know why they did it it's weird i don't imagine it would be too difficult to just change the like where you pulled the sprite from unless, unless they like they fucked up their programming somehow who knows um i thought the 3d backgrounds looked okay for the most part um 
nothing really was super like awesome. It, like, like it fit the style they were going for, which is fine. Um, like the the lighting effects that were there were good. The uh, like atmosphere was fine. Um, the animations for the the attacks were okay, but I would have liked more variety in attacks, which is a gameplay complaint. So, uh, I mean, it was okay. Uh, visually, the game was all right, and I'd give it a three. Yeah, I like. I also like the art. The whoever the artist is, where the character portraits. I like those. They did pretty good on those. Yeah, for sure. The only thing I would say is a negative about those is that like. Anyone that's not a main party character looks evil. Like, when you look at their character portraits, you're like... But he's, like, being good to me, but his portrait is, like, evil. <laughs> Looking like... He looks like he's up to something. So. Um, but, yeah, I, I would give it a three and a half. Kyle, what about you? Right. Yeah, so, like... I really did enjoy the artistic style they did with the game. I felt like every location made sense for the maps they put you on, especially in battle. Yeah. Um, it just felt like they matched everything really well on that end. I thought the water was actually really well done for a Switch game, because Switch kind of has issues with graphics every once in a while. Um, I think the character portraits were great, but the characters themselves on the board were somewhat, I don't know, lackluster i guess i'd say um they were nice the the pixelated was pretty good overall but it felt a little jarring to see them against the the backgrounds every so often especially in like the mining stages um other than that i really the only thing that got me was just the the world map i felt like it was a little too small um, or maybe just the view size of it was a little off, but I felt like I couldn't see the whole map all at one time, yeah, which and, kind of upset me. You always had to like zoom in and out to make sure there wasn't any like story beats you're gonna miss. I didn't like that. Yeah. Like why well, couldn't yeah, it, the whole screen? Like yeah. Drove me wild the whole time. It's just let me either see the whole thing or part of it, but not in the middle of the two. Right. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, I thought they did a really good job, and I'd give it a three and a half, three point five out of five. Three and a half ain't too bad. Looked like a pretty average game so far, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, it's fine. I wasn't. Ex I guess we'll get to this like an overall experience, but I was kind of expecting more. But you know, it's fine with what we got. Um, so that leads us into music slash voice acting. Um, somebody was shitting on the voice acting early on. Was that you, Kevin? Uh, no. In the, in the in the Discord, I feel like somebody was saying was maybe it was Travis. It was Travis, because yeah, like, he is right on. Like, there's a couple characters that just sound like they're just reading. They're not really acting, and then there's some that are really really good. Like I think uh, the one that I recognized, and I think I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the the voice actor for Benedict was like the narrator for Three Houses, like that. He has really good like uh, he's a really good voice actor. I think I like his voice. Um, but some of them, like the one I think he's referring to, that was really really bad. Uh, was Rudolph the the archer? I don't know if you got him or not, but. Uh, his was just like so like it sounded like he was reading 
And then sometimes it like it didn't sound like they were talking to each other, you know. Uh, but sometimes it was really good. It just it was kind of uh, inconsistent, I would say. Okay. Uh, so what would you score it then? Uh, I would score it a three. Like the music, I I enjoyed the music. Uh, even the repetitive stuff wasn't bad. I didn't, I didn't like thought think anything was terrible. But I didn't. It was hard for me to find a song that stood out to pick one for the for the show. So I think it was pretty average it wasn't amazing or great it was just it was good it wasn't it wasn't bad or it's kind of like some of the songs would just get on your in, on your nerves so i like that um but yeah uh i felt like the with the inconsistencies of the voice acting kind of took it down a point or so or half a point so yeah that's why i uh give it three uh how do you feel about it kyle yeah so Pretty much the same boat. I really did like the music. I thought there were a couple of good songs on there, but they were all somewhat similar at the end of the day. Um, I think there's on the OST like 60 or 70 tracks, honestly, and they would only change a couple of things here and there, but there were some some good ones. I really like the, um, the song that they had inside your tent overall. Like I found myself whistling the one I picked later, Pride of the Three High Houses, Around the House, just in my normal life and all that kind of stuff. But the voice acting was absolutely atrocious. It was terrible. I had to turn it off halfway through my first playthrough because I just couldn't stand how plain it was. It was just really almost aristocratic and proper, and it was over the top for the most part. It, it did feel like someone was just standing alone in a room talking to themselves and had no inflection or anything along those lines. So I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 5 on that. Fair enough. So it was you. The, uh, you're the one shitting on it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, I just turned it off right away. All right. Uh, that's not. Uh, uh, that's fair. I mean, if they give you the option and you're not liking it, might as well do it. Improve your experience a little bit. Um, we didn't say this, but the composer is uh, Akira Senju. And the only thing I know about them uh, through this Google search was that uh, they did the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, soundtrack uh, if anybody watched that uh, and you play this game you might hear some similarities in his style uh i don't i've never watched fma brotherhood so i don't know um and for me the voice acting was okay like i'm not somebody who hates on dubs and shit or whatever uh i kind of just listen to it for what it is um Probably the best voice acting was when people were fake drunk, because at least they had to try to pretend to have some kind of personality, I guess. Um, as for the music, I don't really remember any tracks. I tried to play as much as I could with the volume on, but I played at work and sometimes I had I couldn't have my earbuds in or whatever, so sometimes I wasn't listening to music. Unfortunately, uh, maybe I'll try to go through the OST and see if there's any cool tracks that, that I liked. Uh, but for the most part, I thought it was just passable, uh, forgettable, nothing really was awesome. Uh, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, so I will also give it a two and a half. And yeah, that's a uh, music voice acting. Anybody else got anything to say about it? <laughs> Uh, on that one. 
yeah, we're into we're definitely into the uh, the end now. Where if shit goes quick, because uh, we've only have, we've only ever had Blaine on here who talks I think more about music and stuff than we do because he's an actual musician, and so it's like it's like an odd couple sections to be like yeah let's talk about shit we don't know about here we go it's just our opinion and how it affected us i guess so yeah that's all that like, valid i don't know there are some like there are some games where like they have like a sweeping orchestra uh, orchestra or like just really fucking good catchy music and you're like man this is a phenomenal soundtrack but for me this one was just kind of like eh it's music right um, all right, so musical break three. Uh, take it away, Kevin. Uh, my pick is called In One Fell Swoop. Um, I'm not sure where in the game it's some kind of, I think it's some kind of battle song, but I can't remember. I was just kind of going through the OST trying to find something that hit me. It wasn't anything like that happened a lot because those ones I kind of got tired of. So uh, this one just kind of... Um, I like the way it sounded, so this is In One Fell Swoop.
time for, I guess, my personal favorite category, overall experience. And as Bert would say, it is expectations versus reality. So uh, I think we're going to let Kyle start this off, because uh, I am curious about uh, his ex- his experience uh, as opposed to... Cause I, f- I have a feeling I understand how uh, Kevin thinks about it, and I definitely know how I think about it. So I'm really interested in uh, your perspective. Sure, yeah. So, um, like, the nice one with this is I went in with the expectation is that clearly it's not going to be Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, we're all pretty understanding on that, I believe, at this point. But um, from playing both the demos right away, it almost gave exactly what was in the demos, which, oddly enough to say, is kind of nice because you weren't really surprised by anything. I think the game, the gameplay overall, it has the bones to be a good game. If the story could get itself together, I think this could move from good to even better than that at some point in time. And I really think if they make a tweak or two to the um, battle system, it could really be a, a pretty good game overall. Um, it's been a long time since I played any strategy RPG where permadeath wasn't a huge burden, so it was kind of nice to be able to play with something and just have people die and go on with your experimentation, failure, and all that kind of, all that kind of, um, you know, like playing the game style where you can change what you want to do instead of being so rigid and strict like others. The story definitely needs some work. Um, it was an interesting concept, but I think it was just a little bland. It was a little overdone at the end of the day. And it was... It, it kept me going through the first run-through, but once I got to the golden run, you kind of could see everything that was coming ahead of time, and and it really didn't... I, I won't lie, I'm probably not going to play it a third time through to check the other, the other story or two that I missed on it, at least for a while. Um... I believe they did a good job overall. I really think they did. I think some of the things they could improve on was don't make the choices so shallow. Um, if I'm going to give up Roland or I'm going to save Roland, make it different at the end of the day. Uh, other than that, really, I think splitting the party more instead of just the golden route would have been a nice option to make you feel somewhat a sense of urgency or having less of a choice between everything. And I really think character development would have done a lot for making this a better game overall. It was it was pretty boring to see that Giovanna was a geologist who knew about salt in the past, but nobody would believe her, even though that would have solved like a thousand problems throughout the storyline. Um, Narv having a grandpa who was a magician beforehand is great, but I couldn't even tell you the guy's name or why it mattered. Maybe even throw battles in there for the side collectible characters that would make it a more memorable experience. Um, overall, I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. I think it is a good game. I just think there are a few things they could have tweaked to make it move to that four or five level. Definitely, I agree with you uh, on a lot of that stuff. And I, I thought it was funny. Like you mentioned Narv, because I was going to mention him earlier. Like he's talking about his granddad or whatever, and how like Hyzant, uh like censored his existence and shit. And like that, uh, you said uh, like uh, like side stories and battles or whatever. That could have been a cool thing. Like you find uh, like a, a reference to his granddad or whatever somewhere, and you like you he talks about like something, some magical fucking whatever thing. And you go with Narv to figure it out, and he gets like 
an upgrade or something like some bullshit like oh i got a new staff or something and it gives him like one plus one uh magic stack or some random shit but it, the whole like the reward wouldn't really matter that much it'd be more expanding on his character and the world itself in a meaningful way uh but yeah you know like you said maybe a sequel uh so kevin how about your overall experience um, I got pretty hyped for this game, uh, just playing the two demos, um, and I think the problem was that it did, like, it, the demo was as good as it got, it didn't get better, and I was uh, kind of expecting it to rise, you know, and it kind of just flatlined, so kind of like, maybe playing the demo it ruined it, I, I don't know, um, I I probably would have felt the same, I guess, eventually when things kind of just stayed the same. But like when you first play it, you get excited because you don't know what to expect, and it's new and different, and everyone has their own abilities. But then you kind of realize that that's all the abilities they really have is what you kind of get in the beginning. There, there might be a couple tweaks here and there, but nothing kind of worth more than what you're using, which kind of is a letdown. Um, and the story was a letdown because, you know, triangle strategy, it's like, you, you imagine like there's three different stories or something like three and it's just kind of like the conviction where it kind of, they're all eventually goes, you just have different endings. Like the path is kind of adjacent, I guess, like the same kind of stuff happens just different ways, which I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm more... If I'm going to play a game now, I think I like a story that's just one story. Because any time now, it's like three stories is worse than one really good story, you know? Like three of these, like, kind of the similar stories that you go through. What if they just made a one good story? Like, why does it have to be all these different endings? I don't know. And maybe there's, like, a good, bad, there's a good ending and a bad ending or something. But just, like, very similar endings but different consequences. I don't know wasn't uh wasn't what I had built up in my head so it was, maybe it's partially my fault too that I built it up so high uh but I was disappointed but it's still a good game uh, after all that it's still not bad it's just I wanted I was hoping and wanting more and I didn't uh do what I wanted it to do so I think it's better than the three it's a three and a half but I don't know. It's it's. I feel like it's close. You could you could go either way on it, in my opinion. But uh, some people that really like strategy games are gonna love this. Probably. I don't know. Uh, but it just doesn't keep enough of my interest to keep me going. And that's kind of what I like. You know, there's so many games to choose from. You want something that's gonna keep you going and get you excited. And this the it the first playthrough was kind of. It was fine, and then the second playthrough was such a struggle, so. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree with both of you guys on a lot of points. Um, what you were saying, you were expecting more, like, strategy. And for me, they started strong with, like, the political intrigue kind of stuff, but then they just, like, dropped it all. And instead of making uh, Serenella, like, an active participant in the plot... He was uh, responding to almost everything that happened, and that's not the kind of like protagonist I like to have in a story. So it's not until like the you get the golden path that he finally takes a stand or whatever. But at that point, 
it's almost like it took too long. Uh, and I, like I'm gonna call back to the tactics again, but <laughs> but like Ramza, like you do chapter one, and he's in a similar boat where he's just kind of responding to things, uh, and then uh, his best friend leaves him, and like his brothers are dickheads, and he's like, I'm gonna go be a mercenary or whatever. And from that point on, he's kind of making his own decisions in his life. He's not he's not necessarily like making the right decisions. He's still making decisions that propels him forward and he's going by his morals and stuff like that. Whereas Serenoa is relying on everybody around him to make decisions for him. And uh, to me, he's a really weak character. Mm. And to be level, like he's got his Castellan, uh, Benedict, who pretty much he's like, Something happens, and he's like, hey, Benedict, what should I do? And Benedict's like, oh, well, this would be a thing I would do, uh, or whatever. Uh, and Cerno's like, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. And I'm like, I guess, like, that's how they did it. <laughs> like, in real life, like, that's what people do. But, fuck, that's boring. I don't care. Uh, like, cause, like, it might as well just make Benedict the main character, because he's the one making all the fucking shots, or calling all the shots. So... That was a kind of disappointing, and I was expecting more, like, like I, I said many times, like, when they show, like, the, the villains doing villainous stuff, like, actual, like, plans and actual, like, machinations and or something, not just be like, oh, we're going to do bad stuff, and then bad stuff happens, and like, all right, thanks. Um, as for gameplay, um, like you said... I played the first demo and I was like, this is phenomenal. I really like this. Um, can't wait to play more of it. Uh, but it's... Also, like you said, it needed to grow into something more than it was. Uh, like, expand systems. Uh, do something that's not just the same from the start to the end. Uh, like, I know I complain a lot about some games that lock things behind. Like, I complained about it in Aiden Chronicles Rising. Like, they lock, like, gameplay aspects behind, like, upgrades or whatever. Uh, but in those cases, it's, like, crippling. Like, you can't double jump, or you can't uh, dash, or whatever the fuck. Like, that's stuff that should be in every game. Uh, like, this game, they offer ba the basics, but they don't give you more than the basics. And uh, you have, like, some extra abilities that get unlocked, but uh, as was stated before, they cost either they cost too much to be usable regularly or they're so situational that you would not use them except maybe once per playthrough if you got into the optimal positioning or whatever for that like it's it's almost better like with uh like they have benedict down the field and him just uh using uh the, the defense buff on like erador or whatever and then have an erador run up and just stand there and not do anything besides stand there and take all the hits whatever like that's optimal play for those characters and it's like this is not engaging i'm not having good fun making a strategy because the most optimal strategy is just to do the most basic shit because that's the only tools i have to do stuff with so uh when i first was playing this i was kind of hyped to keep playing and like get further along but as the more the more i kept playing the more i was like eh it's i'm not experiencing any anything new when i'm playing it it's just kind of like doing the same battles just in different uh arrangements so uh, I'll, I'll play it when i feel like it kind of thing uh so for me i would give my overall experience a three because it's not like a awful game it's not a game but it's also not a game that i'm 
keen to play again. Once I finish it, I probably am not going to do any game plus because there's not enough replayability in like the main game itself to warrant that for me. And I've already kind of spoiled myself on the plot, so I have no reason to play it again. Makes sense. Uh, so moving on to replayability extra content, which is usually the section that we skip over pretty much because there's not anything. But in this game, there's actually, uh, I guess, technically a decent amount of replayability if you're up for that. Uh, because it has least, the four endings. At least it has two. There's like at least two that you would want to do. Mm-hmm. If you don't watch YouTube, I guess. <laughs> so YouTube didn't exist. Or you just watch the endings. But you do gotta, like, I feel like you do gotta take the opposite path. And then once you do, you're like, you realize that it's not, it's just the same but different type thing. Like, same result, different path. So, I mean, you would have to play that again to do that. And some people, maybe that's enough for them where it's like, it is different enough. You want to go that, you maybe you want to fight on a different, uh, you know, there are different maps you fight on and stuff, so there are different battles you go through that you wouldn't normally have, so yeah, that is more interesting, too. So there, there at least is something uh, there, and then if you're like someone that has to recruit all the characters or everything like that, you have to do it four times, because that chapter 15, there's four different uh, paths to take. So, But I would give uh, replayability at least a three, I mean, there's a lot of ability stuff on it. You still got levels to gain. There's still things to do. Decent. Okay. Uh, Kyle, how about you? It seemed like you had some stuff you wanted to say, and then Kevin started talking. So. I don't know. Fair. Um, so, the thing I really like about the ending of the game is it wanted me it wanted to make me play right away again to get the golden run. Um, if you do it the first time, you know, props to who's ever playing it and doing it that way, I'd say it's a little difficult. So you at least want to see what's going to happen with the best ending. But at the same time, once you do realize, uh, like Kevin said, that you get through the game and you're kind of just doing the same thing no matter what path you choose, it somewhat lessens the want to play more. Um, so I think two is really the perfect amount of run-throughs for the game, but that does make you at least want to play one more time, so hard to say that. Um, you know, you can't give it points for that. I'd also say it's one of the few games where New Game Plus is a little bit harder to start. Um, most games you just go back with all your abilities, levels, equipment, and just destroy the game, but you're actually like a level below on the first map for where your characters restart on the second run. So it was nice to see the the first few combats be difficult again, but once you hit the level cap of 50, it was kind of done at that point in time, so about halfway through your second run. Uh, you can collect all the characters great. You can get the one or two items for, I think, petting every cat in the game or getting through the game without uh, dying once, but they're really not necessary to beat the game in any way shape or form so it was nice um i'd say the replayability is a four because you'd at least replay it once guaranteed instead of zero times uh that's fair i guess uh i'm gonna give it like a three um and that's only because uh you guys 
are right that uh, the story is a little bit different when you play through it again, uh, and you're mainly playing for the endings. And uh, I know you said that you liked uh, that you could switch Terranoa's like convictions, like to make the choice at the end uh, between the three or four paths, uh, Kyle. But I think, for me personally, it would have been more impactful, like I said before, if you were tra like trapped. I guess, are uh, stuck into a path, to an ending path, based on the convictions you've shown throughout the game. Uh, because that would have been more, uh, like, led to more, uh, I guess, replayability for me, because then you could go through the game again and make the different choices and get the different path and get the different ending, uh, as opposed to just being able to pick whatever one you wanted uh, to choose from. Um, and having not have played New Game Plus, I can't vouch for how difficult it would be. Uh, but I, I kind of, with the, the concept, I like it and I don't like it. Because uh, on one hand, it feels like an extension of the game itself. Like it's not actually New Game Plus because it's still the game getting harder. Like there's still more content technically that you can go through. You're not just powering your, bulldozing your way through everything. Uh, so it's to me, it's kind of like a, a misnomer. It's not technically a new game plus, but it is. Uh, so that, that throws me off a little bit. Um, but it is a shame to hear that level 50 is the cap. And like at that point, it doesn't really get any better. I would have liked to have known like level 99 is a cap and you can get actual like godlike stats or something and like Sereno can solo the game or some bullshit uh, like that'd be cool for like a playthrough just to see how far you can get with one character or whatever um but oh yeah so 3 out of 5 for me and moving on to the last musical break uh, this is Kyle's pick would you like to talk about it Sure. So, Pride of the Three High Houses, I wish I could tell you what, what point of the game it was played. I went through the OST, and it was just one of the ones that I remembered pretty thoroughly throughout. I believe it's just a lot of the cutscenes somewhere between Chapter 6 and 9. Fair enough. Alrighty. Uh, here's Pride of the Three Houses.
everybody, if you've made it this long, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, the next game we are playing is going to be The Outer Worlds, uh, which is another of Kevin's picks. And that's uh, normally, if you're following the show, that sounds odd because we alternate, but uh, we did two of mine back to back because I've been slacking on Triangle Strategy. So, uh, you want to tell us why you picked Outer, uh, Outer Worlds, Kevin? Uh, I'm a big fan of like space, uh, you know, sci-fi movies or sci-fi books or all that kind of stuff. And when this game originally came out, um, RPG in space was interesting to me. I just never got around to it. Um, I know it's it could be a pretty short game, anyways, uh, if you kind of rush through it. So that that has a positive. Um, I'm probably gonna you know take forty or fifty hours because I'm gonna get a platinum on it, but um, I don't know. It seemed like something different. Uh, I don't think Nick, you would have played this uh, if I didn't pick it. So it's something you probably normally wouldn't play. So be interesting. Uh, no, I have plans of I have plans to play it. Like I played all the Fallout games and got platinum on all those. So yeah. well, you said you weren't gonna ever play this, but so, I don't know. I think maybe I was talking about uh, Outer Wilds or something. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Um, but. I don't know. I just, I've had it like downloaded and deleted off my like you know off my PlayStation like for a couple of years now. So I'm just like I just want to finally play it and do it for the show and talk about it. So that's why I picked it. Sounds good. Um, it was a pleasure having you, Kyle. Uh, we would definitely have you back at another point for another game if you were interested. Um, is there anywhere that people can reach you, or just the kind of a Discord thing if people want to talk to you? Uh, yeah, if you want to talk to me, jump on the Discord. I'll be around. And you're Gorm KT something on Discord? Yeah, G O R M K T 3 0. So he's been, uh, you've been on there, like you said, for a year and a half, and Nick got mad at me because I said, hey, you need a, <laughs> you need a pro or a avatar picture. <laughs> and you picked Ramza, I think, right? Mm hmm. You're like, yeah, don't tell him that he needs a. Nick's like, why'd you tell him that? I'm like, I don't know. Just, I, eh, shit, it worked. All my other Discord streams asked about it, but we made it, so. Oh, I think you'd change it now where it's like you can have whatever Discord screen you're on uh, different. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's good to know. Yeah, so you can change it to which, whichever uh, server you're on. But, uh, yeah, I just don't, like, if someone's there a lot, I just kind of want to put a, like, a picture to them, and I, if I, I just saw, like, that you know, controller for forever, so just nice to put a picture of someone. Well, it's definitely better than fucking Blaine, who changes it up every fucking day with random bullshit. Right now he has a watermelon group or whatever. Like their, their uh, uh, whatever their signal symbol is as his profile pic. Oh, well, that's probably... He probably changed that up to be something uh, deplorable and not safe for work because he likes to do that shit. Oh, yeah, he put our game suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Uh, is that wrong? But... <laughs> Jesus. Uh. Um, oh, shit. Uh, so speaking of Discord, we do have a Discord. We've had one for a very long time now. Uh, I don't think we've had any new blood in a while, uh, which is fine. We have a decent community. Um people talk once a week so that's nice uh but 
The link to join that should be in the description. Uh, If not, you can email us at rpgshow.podcast.gmail.com and ask for an invitation link. And while I'm talking about it, let me see if we have any emails, which I doubt we do, unless... uh, uh... And don't forget, uh, do we have any questions in the... the... Oh, we did. I promised that I would answer them this time. Okay. Whoops. (laughs) I remembered. (laughs) Ah! It's it was we did, we haven't added it to the um oh the yeah. show notes yet so I it's always forget about te- it yeah I need to add, add that to the template check email and then uh, the uh, Discord because we're I guess uh, going if you haven't noticed already but on Discord we are whatever game that we're we're playing we have its own we have made its own like page so you get we can talk about it in there or you guys can ask questions about it whatever. There we go. Uh, uh, oh, we got to, we got an email from somebody. That's cool. Uh, so, uh, listener questions uh, or Discord questions. I don't know whatever we're gonna call it. Um, let's see. Spokes uh, spoke asks, "Will they be answered?" And I said, "Yes, but I will make sure they are answered." Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he asks, "Would you put this game in the same category as FF Tactics?" Does the story hold up late into the game, or does it seem uh, tedious to finish? Uh, we kind of touched on this um, during the review. I mean, it's, uh, it's in the same category as it's a tactics game, but it's definitely a couple tiers below it. So that's what you're asking. For sure. And in regards to the story, uh, it is kind of tedious. Like we kind of said, uh, it just doesn't really feel like it goes anywhere like obviously there's a, a narrative that it follows but it doesn't feel as like engrossing as it possibly could and that's due to a couple of things uh, that we discussed but yeah i feel like we pretty much answered that question already mm-hmm. hey kyle has a question uh <laughs> what characters did you like the most for story and combat oh yeah that's a good one uh, so how about you go first then, Kevin? Uh, for story, not anybody, but, uh, for combat, um, I guess my main group was, uh, Serenoa, and then Anna, yeah, you had Frederica as my mage, Huet, uh, as one of the archers, Eridor as my, you know, main tank, and then when I got Flanagan, uh, he was like my like those two tanked together pretty much uh, had a good wall there, um, and then I kind of sprinkled other characters in. I think towards like when I got a floor, I got her in, but I thought she, she wasn't as good as I thought she'd be. She's okay. I mean, she has a good move, but it t- it's like uh, it's not as good as uh, Maxwell. Like he's pretty badass. I think he's probably my favorite to play with. Um, he has like three good moves maybe he's got like counter he's got revive uh he's got this high jump skill he's got lance hurl so he's got like range attack and he's got like a, a close attack uh and he also can like attack two characters at once kind of like uh um what's his face uh roland roland yeah he's yeah. like roland but five times better so easily well he's his mentor so well, yeah i mean it makes sense but 
it's like if Roland was fun to play as, that, <laughs> that is uh, Maxwell. So that's that's my main group. Oh, I, then uh, I kind of Archibald will be my second archer. Once I got his uh, skill set up, like he can basically attack anybody from anywhere on the screen with one of his moves, and then uh, he's usually far away enough where you don't have to worry about him, and he can like his attack gets stronger as you get farther away. And then I, once I re learned how to use Medina, I used her more often because it, it was like a TP battery for Federica, so I could always keep her using her because she got pretty pretty strong towards the end where she would one one shot people. Um, so I would just use her to keep her uh, TP in. So yeah. Okay. What about you? Uh, I'm kind of with you on the story. I don't really care for anybody too much uh in regards to uh combat uh i did appreciate uh yens a lot and he's a character i normally would not have ever used i think because he's like a complete utilitary like uh, like a support like utility character and i just thought it was fun putting traps all over the fucking place and uh knocking dudes back uh, like there's lots of uh battles where that was incredibly helpful like him building ladders or him having uh, a trap put down next to a weak uh, unit and kind of baiting the enemy to come and attack them and get knocked away uh, was pretty interesting. It turned it kind of into a strategy, like more of a strategy game than I normally would get out of these kind of games. So I, I, I like that aspect. Did you did you use Rudolph at all? Did you, did you have him? Uh, is he the one that you get an ice frost at the very beginning? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I got cord fucking the ice mage, whatever the hell his name is. Oh. Yeah, because Rudolph has like a trap too, but his is like a bear trap, and it just stops whatever character goes over it. So it was. I used him in the beginning because uh, for boss battles, like if a boss would like hit it, it would automatically end his turn. So it was pretty uh, pretty decent move to to have in the beginning. Oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Shit. So I'd always put it like, have him by my lead attacker, and then put it like a, right in front of the boss, and then he would just be, you know, he would basically lose his turn. That's pretty convenient. Yeah. The ice dude was just like, oh, AOE ice, and it kind of flows movement if they walk through the ice that's melted. Oh, okay. Like, All right, whatever. <laughs> I used him to nuke dudes with Frederica, so. Uh, you want to answer your own question, Kyle? Uh, boy, I mean, I guess you both really hit it. The only other one I used a little more than normal was uh, Groma, the monk, who had the evasion counterattack capabilities because she also had, um, she ignored height for the most part. So that was nice on a couple of moves. Kiwet was great. Kiwet on a rooftop or Jens putting Archibald on a rooftop was really my way to get around about three or four battles. Wait, was um, Gorma or whatever is a unlockable character, right? Yeah. Gorma, uh, yeah, the older grandma monk. Damn, uh, I didn't get her yet, so that'd be cool. Yeah. I like the I uh, like brawlers are some of my favorite character types in games, and to know that they have like a, a counterattack or retaliation thing will be cool. Yeah, she's like a evade uh, tank. 
sweet. Yeah, Ben Wave Fist from Tactics. Okay. Mm -hmm. Alright, uh, I guess we got one more question here. And that's from Travis, and he says, Is it better than Fire Emblem Three Houses, since that seems to be the most beloved SRPG in the last five years or so? I would say no. I like five or I like three houses better. Yes. Yeah. I can agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. It's definitely got more The story's different. Like uh the story like depending on which path you took it's like a totally different story even though there's some similar beats but uh it all goes away different ways so i like that and then the combat I thought it's was more satisfying it's what the it's what triangle strategy wanted to be like it had with the three endings but like they literally made you have that decision in the first within the first half of the game and you're like all right this is the path you're going on right it wasn't like half the game like that's why I think I like Three Houses better. Like half the game, yeah, it's the same, but but you know you pick your different house, so it's a little different. But then, we finally you have a decision to make, and then there's three paths to to pick, um, who you you go with, I guess, and that definitely changes the whole second half of the game. So, apparently they added DLC with a new house or something, but I never got around to doing that. We could always do that as like a point five. You know, that's possible yeah okay but that was uh, you... that's kind of was um brent that was brent's last uh game we he reviewed yep so thanks for bringing that one up travis did you ever play that one uh kyle i haven't no okay okay um i don't know it's uh, it's a fucking Nintendo game. Never mind. I'd say you could probably find it cheaper now, but you can't. It's yeah, it's a Nintendo lame. game. Uh, it's definitely more enjoyable. Have you ever played a Fire? Uh, do you play many Fire Emblem games? Have you played any before? I played one or two, but it's been a number of years. Um, they're fun. I feel like they're a little punishing more than any other SRPG. They change on this one where they t you can turn off permadeath. Oh, fair. So. I did. <laughs> yeah. It's... They're definitely... They feel more grindy if you want them to be, though. Like, they give you the options to grind. Uh, that was always my problem. Like, I love tactics. I could beat it with straight character challenge, single character challenge, the whole nine yards. But um, Fire Emblem always just felt like if one critical goes the wrong way, your whole save is fucked. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, was, I have fond memories of, like, Fire Emblem 7 grinding at that... There's, a, like, a port... Uh, mission with an arena and you can just uh, go into the arena with your characters and grind them up and then you just sometimes you get an unlucky matchup and your character gets like one shot and it's like there goes five fucking hours of grinding yep wonderful uh, oh well um, I was going to read this email that we got but it looks like it's spam so I'm not even going to give them the time of day so oh, was never it? mind who's it from uh, it's from some app that's doing like some D and D dice rolling shit or something. Uh, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a dice rolling app for RPGs and board games with new features. That's cool. Apparently, th their boss listens to this podcast, but they don't list the name of the podcast or anybody that is on the show. So, oh. they must not listen to it very much. <laughs> um, let's see. 
Uh, yeah, nothing new from Doug Kent either. I hope, hopefully, he's still alive. Uh, the trucker van. He's keep on trucking out there. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have the Amazon affiliate link. If you want to do that, uh, feel free. I don't know that anybody uses it, which is whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, listen to our friends Blaine and James on the Is It Worth It podcast. Uh, also, Kevin and Blaine on Video Games, uh, the movie. I think y'all just put an episode out like a week ago. Yeah, we did. Uh, it was... can't remember the name right now. It was some old 80s movie. Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger. It had, okay. It had uh, Elliot from E.T. as the kid in it. And it was surprisingly not bad. It was okay. Basically, uh, I don't, I don't want to get into it. It's kind of... <laughs> There's uh, basically... Uh, plane like secret high high tech plane designs on a video game that some, he gets somehow, it, it, but the movie's fine. <laughs> For people that don't want, that may not want to listen to the show or have the time, is it worth it? <laughs> the movie, yeah, yeah. I, I liked it because it's from the '80s, so you get to see all these like '80s things that go on that you're like you're like holy shit! Like these kids are just right around town on their bikes, like middle of uh, San Antonio, Texas. Like no parents and they're like eight years old, <laughs> and it's just kind of. I remember that movie. <laughs> yeah, and like the cultural references and stuff. It's like that, that's kind of what that's interesting. Uh, the movie itself is just not. I mean, it, it's a kids' movie, so it, it doesn't make any sense uh, when you really think about it. Um, but for a kid in the eighties, probably would have been fun. It been a fun movie to watch. So it just depends on, right. on what you like. If you like the old nostalgia movies, it'd be, it'd be good to watch just for that. But uh, it's one of those that's bad, it's so bad it's good type things. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, well, I guess that'll do it for the show, unless anybody has anything else they want to add. Nope. No. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks. Anytime. For, yeah, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Getting uh, another opinion is always nice sometimes. It's also nice not to have somebody. Uh, I know I shit on Travis a lot, but not somebody uh, so aggressive <laughs> during the conversations. Yeah, I guess uh, my advice yeah. to all the fans out there: just stick around for a year and wait till Travis decides to not play games anymore. You two can join. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a lot more often lately since he's always playing as like uh, Metroidvanias now. Apparently, he's playing the Outer Worlds, so we'll have him on that for that maybe yeah we'll see alright well uh, as always thanks for listening everybody and until next time bye bye everyone